Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have Blake and Reed uh, back in the Escape Pod with me today to chat all about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, uh, the most controversial Star Wars film in uh, history. And uh, this is going to be interesting because, of course, there's going to be some things that we don't like, and uh, there's a few things that we do like, and we're not intentionally out to trash this movie by any means whatsoever, but uh, prepare yourselves. Uh, we're going to keep it the best as, uh, as possible, uh, but in the meantime, we'll sync up in a few minutes, so pop in your Blu-ray, prepare the Disney Plus tab, because we are watching The Last Jedi. Another happy landing. All right, before we get started, we just have a quick preview from uh, our partner show on the commentary series, which uh, we're just going to play their promo right here. Have you ever wanted to re-experience classic radio once again? Well, the all-time radio comedy Time Machine and the yesteryear all-time radio podcasts are there for you across the internet to do just that with the classic Jack Benny series and the CBS Radio Mysteries. We're here to bring classic radio to life. So search us up and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, welcome back, Blake and Reed, to the Escape Pod. Warm welcome to them. Hey, man. Hey, buddy. How's it going, guys? Not much. Hello, hello. Hello, and that is Blake's voice we hear. Uh, are you guys ready to watch Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, the most controversial Star Wars film in um, Star Wars history? I mean, I got to be honest right now, dude. I'm in a pretty good mood today, so if there was a day to like force me to watch this for the first time <laughs> since it came out in theaters, this is this is pretty much the day. It's the, opti- the optimal day, is it? Yeah. You're, is, you're it's not going to ruin that good day? Uh... <laughs> I don't knock it. We'll see if I get well, all the way through it. Yeah. I might decide. <laughs> I might decide side, to go to work the day, early. The day is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Well, um, this movie tended to break quite a few records back when it did come out in uh, when was this? Twenty seventeen, uh, December, I believe. Yeah, that sounds and, about um, right. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, this this was a very interesting release because I believe it was the first Star Wars movie ever that had so many critics going wild about it, saying it was like the one of the best Star Wars movies they've ever seen. And then when the public saw it, fans were just so blown away as to like how disappointing it was. <laughs> and, yeah. And then now, now that that's like that's a certain group of fans I'm talking about, a very large majority of fans that are very 
well, at least um, the vocal they, ones <laughs> made them yeah made themselves pretty clear uh about how they feel and uh you know we like star wars fans as star wars fans go i mean we all care so much about this franchise that um you know we're willing to go to lengths to either uh trash something that doesn't work for us or 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 i mean like push somebody to to watch this particular part or read this particular book or whatever because we love it so much so um you know that's what makes us fans right it's true star wars fans are extremely rabid and it does it i do feel like it is a very high bar to to appease star wars fans it's really funny because Star Wars fans, I think they prefer to hate than to enjoy for the most yeah. part. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, in general, I feel like that's the way it is, right? It's like a love-hate relationship. I mean, the guy who made Star Wars has had more fan criticism than than positivity. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, I think constantly to myself, if that wasn't the case, whether or not he would have actually stuck around to do these, these sequel films. But I felt um, like he was getting ready to... But, you know, he decided to go a different direction. I mean, he had it all written, right? So he was clearly working on it. Yeah. I did want to touch on the fact that you said most controversial. Because, like, honestly, is the most controversial movie, the Star Wars film, since the previous Star Wars film, essentially. Because <laughs> just like, <laughs> well, each one that comes out, you know, it goes a little little higher. It gets a little one, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. At least since um, Phantom Menace, ex- excluding Rogue One and... Revenge of the Sith, I think each one has become more controversial than the previous. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's definitely safe to say. Although, although I sometimes, I, I feel like, in general, The Phantom Menace is actually not always the bottom of everyone's list. Not these days. Not these days. It, it was. It was yeah. five, if you ask people that, that same question, like, even just five years ago, well, I'd say probably since... Force Awakens. If you asked them any time previous to Force Awakens, uh, Phantom Menace would have been the, at the bottom for sure, and people would Probably. have nothing but bad things and jarring quotes to support that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, that's pretty accurate. Um, I think as time has gone by, more acceptance has kind of uh, come out of the shadows a little bit. You know, people are starting to come out of the closet. You know, it's like, you know what? I actually do like the Phantom Menace a little bit. Yeah, it's funny. Um, People have almost just, like, grown to like it in time. Maybe it's because they've got to experience films from another creator and realize, you know what, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Last Jedi has just set their bar so much lower that they're like, oh, you know what? <laughs> you know, here's, so here's the thing. So bad. <laughs> here's the thing about The Last Jedi, right? So the prequels, I mean, here, I, I've said this before on the show. The prequels get a lot of flack for um, some of the decisions made with, uh, with the script. You know, usually it has to do with uh, the performance of some of the actors or uh, the reason for some of the characters. Um, but I've never heard any, well, and, and there's a lot of criticism surrounding the length of how much of the politics that it gets into as well. And yeah. and that that kind of aside, because I actually quite enjoy all the political backstory, because that's what gives reason to the original trilogy. And you're referring place, to political stuff within the universe itself, not political stuff that the movie's been influenced by in our world. Uh, yeah, just just stuff in the in the series, right? Like like I think a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of I've heard a lot of 
parents comment on the fact that that it's not fun for their kid to to mm. see that stuff, right? And and like we can all agree, I mean, Star Wars is made for kids, but um, this is also a series that is made uh, by George Lucas to reflect the the ways of the world and and inside the Star Wars world, which is very much based upon realities in our own world. Um, there's got to be some sense of realism, and I think like when it comes to this this plot of like this emperor ruling the galaxy, uh, a, a very rich political backstory to that character has not only brought Ian McDermott's character Palpatine to life in so many more ways than one, but uh, it's also enriched the backstory in general to Star Wars as a whole. Because like without all that political story, you wouldn't have any of that political tie to the reason why the Jedi fall in the first place. Yeah, it's true. It kind of so, does lead into the turmoil of the actual situation because you can't mm-hmm. have something to rise from without there being a, a corruption in the first place, right? Exactly, yeah. And so like all that aside, right, um, which are normally the complaints I hear about, uh, no one has ever criticized the story. And and like as it's far true. as like as far as to you know the 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 uh, the arguments I've heard from people at least have never criticized the prequels for the overall story arc right, and uh, and and all I hear about the sequels is the criticism of the uh, the story and and the story that has uh, uh, taken part of some of these characters that we have known and loved for a very long time, and uh, how their story arcs turned out as well right. So um, it's it's a very different sort of uh, criticism towards these movies that's been directed mm. as opposed to the prequels, and um, and I think that's why it's such a split fan base when it comes to this sequel uh, trilogy because you know you have you have some of those some of those fans that that love the prequels um, that might love the sequels as well, and then yet some of them even though they love the prequels like we might also hate the hate the sequels with a passion. So yeah, it's, it's really it's, well, it's really such a time, fan base here. Time, man, time is what makes the difference. So give it, give a, enough time for the the kids who grew up watching these new films to be our age, and they'll be hating on the new ones and wishing that Disney was just starting out again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the, here's the main thing as to why I think that when it, when it comes down to the prequels, even though the criticism directed towards those isn't really as um, huge as as like the the this particular movie in general as well, but um, I think as time has gone by, like you say, you know people start to realize like oh hey like this movie actually isn't that bad and and I think it is it, I mean in my opinion any Star Wars that's done by George Lucas is authentic Star Wars and and it, we can all agree that any movie that Disney puts out with the Star Wars license like it's gonna be cool. Uh, and it can mm. be cool. There's a lot of potential there, but it's still not George Lucas movies. No, and those right? are it's, they're done from such different standpoints because George exactly. George wanted to make a great story, and that's that's really all he wanted. It was all about just the best quality story that he wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And Disney, at the end of the day, just wants money. Da right. money. <laughs> so that's all about the cash. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna rehash stuff. They're gonna if some they catch on to something that's cool, they're gonna just like release as much as they can. People thought Boba Fett was cool. Guess what? We have a Mandalorian series now. Give us your money. Look at all the stuff you could buy. This is cool. Get into it. And you know, sometimes yeah. it works out like that series, but other times, you know, may not. Like people didn't really mm-hmm. gravitate towards the solo movie. 
And but people love Han Solo, so you can see they saw that as oh, there's there's definitely potential for a cash cow there, but it didn't work out. So they can just keep throwing paint at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and you know, and that's that's the only way to put it, really. I mean, it, it is what it is, and to Disney, it's business. And uh, yeah. and, and 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 I mean, the mentality going. Yeah, <laughs> I just sold my company to a bunch of um, white slavers. No. <laughs> George has the best quotes. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I need like a, I, need, I want a soundboard yeah. with like you know twenty buttons, and each of them has like a George Lucas quote. You know, oh, man. like yeah, it's like well, uh, just... uh, the point of Star Wars is that you move on with your lives. You know? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh man, hey, dude, you know what? I, I... <laughs> we should make you a little switchboard that like you can hang on your chest just like Darth Vader and then you can just like whenever you need it you just hit that button and you tell people oh man yeah, it's like it's like that t-shirt that Raj has from the Big Bang Theory you know with the speaker in the chest and he just oh, pushes yeah. the button and so he like yeah, walks yeah, yeah, around yeah. to the like Imperial March and stuff yeah yeah uh, but instead it'll be like George Lucas's quotes like playing out of my chest and I'll have like a <laughs> like an animated looking George Lucas on my shirt you know do it like, yes uh, yeah yeah but uh, anyway, so um, yeah, let's get into this movie because uh, I don't want to waste too much time here. But it is um, two and a half hours long, so it is. I, it's, won't, it's uh, I won't be here for all of it, I don't think, because I got to leave at like quarter after ten. Sure, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if uh, if you if you guys are ready to go, then I will start this up. All right, let's do the countdown. Three, two, one. Punch, punch it. it. <laughs> Josh, I do think at some point in this podcast you need to interject in the quote of Ryan Johnson before he filmed Star Wars. I think it was still at school, and it's a interview of him while he's like a student, and he's like, I just want to make movies that are really controversial, and some people really love them, and other people just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody stay tuned to the very end of the it's podcast. It's just so fitting because this is exactly what happened. Yeah, no, exactly. Everyone stay tuned and I'll put it at the very end of the show. That reminds me of like every Quentin Tarantino movie ever. Except people so just love people. Tarantino. Like it's a much higher grouping of love than hate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah his success is kind of a testament to that actually. That's a good point. In fact... I couldn't even name people that dislike any Tarantino movies. <laughs> yeah, I think off the top of my head, the only people I've like talked to that don't like them either haven't seen them or <laughs> or they you know, they're, they're squeamish, which is like right. you know, a problem with his movies because everything is like oh, over very the gory. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, here's here's the other thing about this movie, which I find very like poetic as far as the the pointless nature of half the plot of this movie, is that <laughs> the 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 opening crawl to this movie is a recap of the, the, the last movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's so just, pointless. That's just because of the fact that it's literally starting on the heels of the previous movie, which. It was a bad well, call. Not, yeah, it's not even starting on the heels of the previous movie, isn't it? Start like uh, picking up where like the story from Star Wars Battlefront Two left off, like because isn't the opening scene about the the what you call it the dreadnought? Um, in battle, it, the opening of Battlefront Two. No, right now. 
in this movie. Aren't they about to go bomb the Dreadnought or whatever with their... Uh... Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they try to do Empire Strikes Back beginning, but just, you know, skip the, the Hoth battle and then all just trying to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a couple ships. Really cool. Where's the Dreadnought? I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna tear this segment apart in a second here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that dreadnought to come. Come here, stations. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this entire movie, Hux, to me, just turned into like a giant yep. weasel. I was just thinking that right as you started to say it. Hux in the last movie was like this dictator, right? And he had a persona and he had like weight to him, to his character. And then he was just like turned into the slapstick throwaway character within the first like 15 minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. They're all just scowling all the time. <laughs> so the time. bring in this huge dreadnought, no context whatsoever, and that's because, like, unless you played the Star Wars Battlefront two game, you wouldn't realize that they, you know, they still like they got the plans for it, like discovered mm-hmm. where its weaknesses, all that stuff, blah 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 blah. So right now, like, when I was sitting watching this in the theater, I was like, I wouldn't understand anything going on right now if I didn't know like all this stuff from having played the video game. This is brand new to me. I have not played that part, so I didn't know that background at all. It's, it's a, a whole great campaign. Text out. Yeah, great campaign. Definitely should play it. See, I didn't know that there was a weakness that he was going for. I thought it was just Poe, and he's really good for some reason. <laughs> well, it isn't even Poe that like blows it up, I don't think. Uh, no, I guess it's the bombers. But, I mean, you know, Poe's showing off. Yeah. I I got to admit the first time I saw this, I I had a, I had a chuckle. But now every time I watch it after that first viewing, I'm like oh, like it just it's just not that funny. It, it, it's it, kind it's of exhausting. painful. It's painful to watch. It doesn't feel like Star Wars at all. No, I well, mean they didn't I don't did they do that often in the last movie? No, they didn't. No, they stopped doing it. So, like, that's my issue. I wouldn't even say that it's not Star Wars because, you know, I could see Han Solo doing that. I could I could see him doing that, too. Yeah, yeah that's, so I, I would yeah. say that it could happen within the Star Wars. It's just the issue is... Harrison me, Ford pulls it off, though. It's, it's knowing that from this point forward... Hux's character has just drastically changed. Like, if it was just that one scene and then, you know, everything continued on, it would be that big of a deal. But it is yeah. knowing just that... They kind of make a mockery of him for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, and then I feel like they did it this one time, and then, because they wrote it at the beginning of the script, like, oh, that was good, and then it just went downhill from there. They made it his character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then... Yeah, and then, bad, they, just, they never went back Don- on it. Donald Gleason is an awesome actor, so it's really too bad that that happened to his character. It's true. Yeah. Survive Voldemort to rise up in tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was this the first Star Wars movie where somebody said, damn it? I don't know.
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. As an action sequence, this is like, it, the visuals are pretty cool. Oh no, like, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. This whole movie, like visually very like gorgeous, mm. like awesome movie. Like lots of great like space, like fighting going on and stuff like that. Sort yeah, of. that's mm. true. Oh, I forgot about this part. Where it's kind of like the water's starting to break through. He's trying to pinhole fill it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about that part, too. I'm not sure that's how it works, but I guess it's kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I think goofy is probably what they were going for. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, yeah see, like, I don't mind, like, spots with, like, humor and stuff like that, but when mm -hmm. it's just so much that it's, like, taking away from the seriousness of the movie, mm. it's just really... Ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. It's too okay. much for me. I know a lot of people didn't like these bombers, but I actually thought they were pretty cool design. I don't mind them. I thought They're the like... bombers were cool. My only th like, the, I think what I laughed about was that like, because people are mad is because the you know the bombers are dropping bombs, but and, in space. But in space, and I'm like, sorry. At what point has Star Wars ever attempted to be like? You know the the patron of modern physics. Like, yeah, it's true. But <laughs> I mean, he's just, the thing is. There's one very easy explanation, and I'm almost positive that it's the case. They have magnets. Yeah, right? Like, I think right. we see that they have magnets, too. So it's yeah, just, like, of all the know. things that I could be angry about in this movie, that's not one of them. I really yeah. don't care about In fact, that. I actually thought it was really cool. The, the idea, because, like, you saw, we see bombers in the previous movie, so the only time we actually see them the dropping bombs is the, yeah, the only time we see them drop bombs, though, is the, the Thai bombers. Yeah, but those you are know. like energy bombs. Like you never actually see the, yeah. anything similar to this, which I thought, I thought was really cool. Yeah, this is. Yeah, I really like this part too. You know what would have really been, really been interesting is to see this entire sequence take place in atmosphere, like above that planet. That would have been really yeah. cool. That could be cool too. Because then you could like then they could have totally implemented, um, like real kind of you know physics to 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 half this stuff. It, yeah. it could have looked awesome. Like, would have given reason to the whole bomber situation too, because because yeah, like Thai bombers, like they shoot, um, like plasma grenades, like down, yeah. but it's all made of energy. So, um, I don't know if it has any like actual, you know, physical matter to like what they're. No, it wouldn't. Dropping. It would just be like uh, the energy when it impacts would like blow things apart, right? Yeah. So I don't know, like, actual, what the actual difference of why we use one over the other. They never really explained that as much as they wanted this to feel more like it's a World War II fighter. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. 
I like that whole idea that it's supposed to resemble a World War Two bomber. Yeah, ship. like flying yeah. fortress or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. The turrets, like the interior design is... I mean, obviously, B-17 doesn't have a huge, like, cylindrical cavern where it drops its bombs and stuff like that. No, it's just got the regular cargo bay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that would actually work. But it's the force. Oh, that's a pretty <laughs> sick helmet. Those guys! Yeah. Uh, First one is the giant, obnoxiously wide ones. Now it's that one. That's my like, that's like their helmets get more and more ridiculous as yeah. time goes by. I, I, I love can see it. the it's progression, great. though. Like, that yeah. looks like it's a, one of the Death Star, like, like the beam engineers. It's just to add an additional, like, face cone. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, another upwards-facing cone thing. There we go, mission success. You have to admit that looks pretty freaking cool. It did, yeah. yeah. It, like this was, it was so freaking cool. The first transport is away. <laughs> yeah. Other than like the lack of context, I really liked this part of the movie. Like this opening scene was like cool, visually awesome. Like we see this huge like dreadnought get blown up. Like, they take a lot of losses, but, I mean, that's kind of, like, part and parcel of the fact that they just blew up an enormous... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you actually think about it, like, loss-to-loss -loss ratio, that was a win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wipes the floor with his face <laughs> yeah so I guess that was a little bit of uh, foreshadowing eh yeah <laughs> yeah totally Yeah, you could honestly make a montage of how many times Finn says Ray. I can see why John Boyega started to hate his character after a while. <laughs> a little two-dimensional. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little flat. They are only just starting to catch wind of what Harrison Ford was on to. <laughs> Like, what it's the like, fudge? Like, it's like that's motivation for his character leaking out. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of his character is draining yeah. away. He's <laughs> draining on the floor. <laughs> there goes my hopes for this franchise. <laughs> All in a wet pool oh, on the floor. Yeah. It, just the potential from the first movie as it drains out. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. JJ with his uh, his his little needle like 
<laughs> All right, so here's what's supposed to be an incredibly powerful moment, like so meaningful and so important. Okay, look how depressed he is. Like, look how sad <laughs> yeah. he looks. And then. So this kind of picks up where we left off with Force Awakens, where I kind of mentioned that the reason why he's standing there in his traditional garb is like he was thinking of offing himself. Mm. And then that's, he, that's a general theory, at least. I mean, but like he throws the lightsaber and takes away from any seriousness whatsoever. Like, oh, man, I'm yeah. really going to take the rest of this seriously. When he's just yeah. Like, yeah, throw away this lightsaber that in the like the previous movie, they give so much significance to and has been in all of the movies up until this point. We're just like, eh, we're just going to throw it out. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's so stupid. That, that lightsaber is like, like George's outline. And then Disney, like, <laughs> out the window. Well, yeah. They're like, oh, no. cool. Look at this. Thanks, George. Bye. Yeah. No. Like, look at this. Look at this legacy. Like, what? Oh, there it goes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could almost say it's not even just like George's scripts. It's kind of like maybe like JJ's outline that they gave to him, too. Because <laughs> yeah. I. I think I read somewhere that J.J. originally – oh, Mark Hamill said it. Mark Hamill said that the, the original story he was given, that show, Ray showed up and he was like using the force powers, uh, using his force powers to do like super crazy stuff, move like giant rocks around and whatnot. Yeah. And then Ryan Johnson was like, nah. Yeah, I heard something about that. Oh, that compass there on his, on Luke's shelf also comes from the Battlefront 2 campaign. Yeah, I remember that. That was really cool. Oh, okay, now we're going to take it seriously. Got it. <laughs> this I love this throne room, though. This is so cool. Yeah. It's pretty ominous. It's just like a giant flat red sheet. Yeah. yeah. A hollow yeah, cool. projector. Or, yeah. Did you guys like the whole thing with the helmet? I did. I thought it was cool. Yeah, because, like, the whole reason why he kind of ditches it in this movie. Because I actually, like, actually quite like that about his character in this film. See, I think this movie would have been a good moment for him to remove the helmet. Like, if in the previous movie, if he had kept it on the whole time. Right. And then, yeah. like, and slashed in the face or something, and the helmet damaged, and that would cool. scarred under That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been really cool. And, like, we've had, like, like some pretext of, like, menace from his character, like, oh, you know, he's this, like, faceless, like, evil being. And then this would have been a great, like, opportunity mm-hmm. for us to. <clears throat> 
I think like they destroyed the, like the, the the mechanical voice on that. They distorted it even more to make make it seem kind of more ridiculous. I wouldn't be surprised. I know Ryan Johnson didn't like it at all. I mean, that's that's why in the next movie, when JJ's back in, he wears it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, to me, that's a lot of the biggest issues is just the just the disjointedness between the movies. Yeah, it's the inconsistencies. There's like one guy likes something, the next guy hates it, and then they switch back and forth. It's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do this to look awesome. <laughs> look at that! Look at that! They're just like, just the twist, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Come How on, they got baby. paid all day to just stand Let's there and look cool. <laughs> just like grooving. I mean, you gotta admit, Snoke is dressed for disco, man. Like, they must have sick parties in there. (laughs) Oh, man, he's pimp. Yeah, like, when I I first saw, like, this whole thing with him in the robe and, like, did the lightning bounce trick off the floor, I was like, oh, man, like, this is is actually going in a really awesome direction here. You like the bounce? uh, I thought it was kind of silly. Oh, really? (laughs) Like, why? Because he couldn't lift his wrist up high enough? It was, like, feeble? I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess that, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm, I'm like. Trying to do like a, like a bounce off the backboard for a swish moment or what? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It just felt less emperor like. Right. I don't know. I I didn't, I don't, I didn't want Snoke to be like just another Palpatine, right? Yeah, agreed. Honestly, my biggest issue with this whole trilogy is probably Snoke. I just feel like he's not very villainous. Mm-hmm. And well, they wasted any potential his character had because this, to me, this was supposed to be a movie where, like, oh yeah, like you know, we we see his character for the first time, like you know, like we actually are able to like build some like con- understanding of his character in mm-hmm. the first place, and then they snuffed that out right at the end of the movie and are like, oh, sorry, he's gone. Bye. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, thanks for spending a whole movie, like, you know, not even like showing him to us because he's such this evil, like, powerful, menacing figure. And then you're it's just true. Gonna, like flush him down the toilet, basically, or <clears throat> down the garbage chute. <clears throat> <laughs> I could see why they did it. It's just to get like Ben Solo in the in the in the right perspective to be the villain, right? But then yeah. I just don't know if it was pulled off properly. No, it really wasn't. It was, it's, yeah. That's uh, also my issue is you're coming off of the the Emperor, which was his lead up villain over six movies. You see him come to power, how manipulative he is, how powerful he is. Yeah. And he has this guy, Darth Vader, who's also extremely powerful, he's like a chosen one, is like essentially enslaved to him. And now you yeah. just have this random guy you know nothing about, and he's just yeah. better for some reason. Yeah. Exactly. Comes out of nowhere, oh, man. just just like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is such a stupid. Blue juice. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. boy, blue milk, guys. Got blue love juice. it. Yeah. Blue uh, the, the, Diego hates this. Hates that moment. <laughs> it was so that, stupid. That, that like, what's the just weird. kills it. It just yeah. undermines his character even more. I'm like, why do we need to like shame Luke's character more? <clears throat> Like watch like, him drink some milk. I mean, he was a farmer. <laughs> Lol. 
I guess they're just showing you how he survived here this long. Still, you could go without the titty squeezing. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. They could have done totally. so much better. Yeah, they could have found a different way to do that. Did you guys like this sort of um, representation of sort of like the tree of knowledge sort of thing? I mean... It's like a tree filled with like the Jedi texts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it seems fine. I think it's... Yeah, I was, I was fine like, with that. Some like ancient Jedi enclave was on the island. And they, I mean, the Jedi have always been kind of in tune with nature, so it's not that weird. No, yeah. Didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Like it's I something always, I could see really, in like Kotor or something. Oh yeah. yeah, I was always very curious about this whole thing, and you know, I wanted them to elaborate a little more on it. But yeah, they just kind of throw it out the window. Yeah, like Episode Nine kind of made it clear that Ray had been using the the Jedi texts to uh, study from, which is why in the last movie she's kind of got these newfound powers to like heal people and um you right. know, she know she knows about the wayfinder devices from that book and and all that but uh it, it had a lot of potential that i think wasn't utilized very well in this movie like it was just like a setup mm. for the next movie um, yeah. and then even in the next movie it's like didn't really play a huge part but no yeah they could have done better with it Like this whole force projection thing that Luke does at the end of the movie, I'm assuming he learned from those books. Most likely, so yeah. It would have been cool for him, like, like, like you said there, uh, you know, with the original sort of idea of Ray finding Luke with these like insane powers. It would have been cool to see kind of more of like what he discovered, um, coming to this place. You know, as as opposed to not just isolating himself, but you know, what else? Did, what else was it that? convinced him to go to this place as opposed to any other barren yeah, rock in the galaxy yeah it must yeah. have been some reason right yeah like i mean like and not just for luke... the titty monsters and the big fish yeah like like how come luke like specifically sought out the the planet of like where the first jedi temple was located only to give up on the force and and become you know, a cranky old hermit where he yeah. falls in misery and just suddenly like forsakes his entire like it, yeah Jedi, like everything. He just finds the original Jedi temple and he cuts himself off from the Force. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what bothered me about a lot of this sequence too is that like I had like 
like great hopes for like seeing another like a uh, teacher student relationship and stuff like that and like watching it you know like them build it out in a different way like i was yeah, totally like, ready for it to be different it could and, have been obi-wan that's what he yeah, thought he yeah. was going to be that's what we all thought he was going to be and that would I have been a great relationship that's yeah, that's what i think but, what george intended him to be as well because he told mark hamill that way back during the creation of the original trilogy and 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 he asked Mark Hamill, he's like, are, you know, you think uh, you might want to, uh, you know, be be like this next Ben Kenobi character, like in the later films. And um, did you guys listen to that interview with with Mark no, Hamill? No, uh, it was it was like a plan that George had to do sequel films eventually. And, uh, you know, and he was on and off about that. But he actually did bring it up with Mark Hamill to play this this character that would you know lead the next generation of jedi and stuff like that and um and even though there's been a lot of recent news that's come out because of this new book that's been released called uh, the star wars book and it's got a bunch of facts in it about you know the creation of the films and the skywalker saga and all this stuff and uh it's revealed that in the original draft for like the the outline that george lucas had would have also have killed off luke skywalker um it doesn't mention that he was going to be this like hermit who gave up on everything, but uh, it does well, mention that that he would have potentially would, died in the original outline. But, well, that does make sense because I mean, if you just look at both, we talked about this in the last one. In both of yeah. the other trilogies, the mentor dies. The mentor yeah. dies exactly. Yeah. And if Luke is then in that position, he'll probably sacrifice himself in some way for the new student. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think part of it also, people get so annoyed, is they changed a lot of how Star Wars works in this movie. Yeah, like, like, like oh, those yeah. laser blasts going out. Yeah, arcing, so stupid. Like arcing and shooting <laughs> like, down, like, the there's no way. Yeah, but like, I was, the I was referring... Are like 20 yards, or like 200 meters away from the actual ship, they're not just like close. Yeah, it's so stupid, because there's been countless Clone Wars episodes and, and films where we've seen just the laser blasts go off into eternity and disappear. Yeah. But I mean, even just like, how stuff works in the universe, like, can't follow through through like, hyperspace, and you can't, like, the biggest one is like launching your your ship into another ship when you go light speed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I right. mean, to me, this section of the movie is like the beginning of probably one of the most wasteful segments of the whole movie. Yeah, it's 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 too bad because because even in episode three, like Obi Wan's like. Well, haven't you realized the shields are still up? And then, and then, <laughs> and it's like, oh, sorry, master. And then here, Ben Solo is freaking just flying in there, like you know, no it's problem. Like, yeah, no problem. The shields are still up. Like, like I don't know. There's just a lot that doesn't make sense with no. the rest of the films, 
And this was my argument about the last film too. Like JJ had no idea what he was doing when he allowed a TIE fighter, plain and simple, to just end up on Exegol with no hyperdrive. Like it just, it's like, uh, like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's like, I'm, I'm all for well, the fact that Star Wars is a space fantasy and not science fiction. We don't but know if th- these new TIE fighters have a hyperdrive or not. There was an old TIE fighter. Okay, well, then, the, these then, new then. these new Tie Fighter these yeah, new Tie Fighters point. do have hyperdrives. Yeah, but uh, the the nostalgic moment that JJ wanted when he has like a classic Tie Fighter on Exegol next to the classic X Wing um, was uh, was a was a mistake because he got that Tie Fighter from the Death Star, the downed, crashed Death Star, yeah. which meant that it was a super old ship with no modifications made. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, because Pablo had to say it was some rare experimental one-off Tie Fighter. Right. Like, yeah. So, like, it's just it's just ridiculous that that uh, they have to cover up this kind of thing. And it's like, are you serious? Like, like I mean, I, I'm all for the fact that it's not science fiction, that it's space fantasy, and like science. Like, yes, there's sound in space and Star Wars and stuff like that. You I know what they should have done? Not to just those- keep like hanging on that one point, the Tie Fighter, but they should have just used Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. Yeah, yeah they really should have cool. just used like a tie advanced. Yeah. Then yeah. A, it'd be cool because it would fit all the actual scientific side or have a hyperdrive. And B, why would Kylo Ren not jump at the opportunity to drive Darth Vader's actual ship? Well, yeah, exactly. Right? There's, like, there's a bit of kind of like crisp storiness to that. And it still adds nostalgia because it's Darth Vader's ship and like Luke's X Wing, right? Like, you know. Man, yeah, should have done this, that. This Missed part of the movie is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Dumbest, so stupid. I oh, hate man. this whole this whole like um, I don't even know what to call it. Like segment of the movie, like makes me so mad. Like pretty much from this point on, like it's just like ridiculous. Oh, yeah, and they just – it's like blinking, you miss it because you have to think about it, I think, to really realize is throughout also this ridiculous, like, floatiness, they also killed Admiral Akbar. Yeah. yeah off camera. Yeah, off – like, it was like a subtle mention. You just yeah. threw him away. Totally, yeah, throw him out the door. Like, By the way, huge, huge foreshadow so there when she, when she flies so through bad. the hologram. When she flies through the hologram of that ship, they uh, they totally foreshadowed that moment later on in the film. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like like a beloved character like Admiral Akbar, like you know, it's like so ridiculous, him, like such a waste. Yeah, like it's he was so important. They should have had him. Like honestly, they shouldn't have had crazy pink haired lady. That should have been Admiral Akbar. That was okay. yeah. That's when true, we get yeah. to that, I'm gonna be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go to town. On oh, this. I mean, <laughs> I, I I love this with the porgs. Yeah, this is this is pretty <laughs> this funny. Is, this is amazing. Yeah, this part's good. <laughs> they kind of look like pugs. Yeah, they do. Pug face penguins. Like, yeah. Let me enjoy my barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay this is so funny but at the same time i'm like here's chewbacca who's like ripped enemies to shreds for hundreds of years and all of a sudden he's gonna grow conscience over a stupid chicken penguin like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like what the fuck? yeah and yeah. lucasfilm announced that from then on chewbacca was vegan 
Oh my did, did god! They really? No, I, I, I made that up. But oh, I will no. also wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I wouldn't no. be surprised either. That's like a, not have been. A that's a that's a representation, PR. guys. Representation. Yeah. Aren't they silver dice? Uh, Why are they suddenly nah, gold? I think they're, I think they're no, always they're, gold. I think they've always oh, been okay. gold. But yeah, in the original trilogy, they were actually like dice, dice. Yeah. Um, and then with this movie and Solo, they changed the dice to be more Star Wars-y. Star wars yeah. Yeah. Sacred Island, watch. Like, oh, why are we supposed to care? Yeah. yeah. Nothing can make me change my mind. And that's, okay, see, that's this uh, this hologram right here. Like that that oh particular yeah, it's shot, way higher res. It's it's way higher res. They have to have had used the the asset from Rogue One. Looks yeah. good though. Like I actually didn't notice that so you pointed it out last time. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did a great job with that. Yeah, definitely. Using the same audio and everything. Hope. <laughs> up, up, up. <laughs> One line. See, I still don't. Uh, it's still so ridiculous, though, because he's like, he's like, fine, I'll teach you, but I'll teach you why we suck. Like, how am I supposed to want anything to do with that? <laughs> Oh, I thanks for the, so thanks angry. for the mention. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for the mention. Yeah. <laughs> Probably killed off prune face off of camera too. Yeah. Oh my god. Not prune face. Not prune no. face. So this beloved so character such as prune face. She's a huge neck. Uh, yeah. I think it's made out to be that way through her costume. It's like she has those rings. Those African yeah. rings. Yeah, 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 exactly. Her character uh, showed up in a book called uh, uh, Princess, <laughs> uh, Princess of Alderaan. Okay. And it, was, uh, and it was actually a really well-written book. It was, I think it was written by the same author who did Lost Stars. Oh, okay. And, uh, I like that one. Yeah, and so she wrote another book about Leia and her growing up on Alderaan and the the whole. Um, oh, there's a relationship uh, between them. Uh, yeah, and and the uh, kind of Leia's backstory as to like going to uh, politics school sort of thing and and all that. But um, yeah, her character actually was not bad, um, and it kind of shined a bit of light on their stuff in this movie. Okay. Um, so what, after I read that book, I was more or less accepting of her character, but I, I still don't think that 
I don't know. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of her character. That that's for sure. I hate her. This lady's character so much right now. So like from this point forward, the, the this sets such a ridiculous precedent because you know we have a whole movie where we see Poe and Finn like they're great heroes. Like where they're sort of building up their character. Like you know I think we talked about how they could have done a better job, and now she all of a sudden like square one is just like oh yeah. I'm not going to tell you my plan. Uh, Leia demoted you. Uh, I don't have to tell you what we're going to do. Uh, you're stupid, and I'm going to babysit you the rest of this movie. Like, yeah. it's such... Uh, oh, it was makes me so angry, because all she does, like, the yeah. rest of this movie is just constantly, like, demean or, like, condescend him. Yeah, she she was, yeah. It was yeah. funny, because as you opened with that rant, a lot of it could have been avoided if they just talked for like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Like this whole, like we didn't need this whole section of the movie where he's like all angry and choked and like, like understandably frustrated that he's been f- flushed down the toilet basically. If yeah, they just had a like five, 10 minute conversation about like what the plans are or whatever. Yeah. Cause like if you didn't do that, then he wouldn't be trying to go around her. Right. Yeah, literally everything was made unnecessary by the way they made her character treat him. It's kind of funny because he did that thinking she was incompetent. And then if she would have just told him, it's just so stupid. It is. Okay. And now, so part two of the, like, this section, next other segment of the movie being stupid is, like, the relationship between Finn and, what's her name? Rose? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, again, so here's coming back to, oh, you know what, we're going to set Finn and Poe to square one because they can't think for independently and think for themselves. So we're going to assign someone to babysit them for the rest of this movie. You're right, they both kind of get that same thing. Compass. Yeah. Like, so Rose is like, oh, because, like, Finn, the last movie, like, you know, by the end of it, you're kind of like, okay, he's over his obsession with running away from the Empire, blah, 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 blah. And now he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, back to square one. He's like, oh, no, I got to run. I got to run. And here's what's her rose. She's like, no, you can't do that. Like, I'm here to reset your moral compass because you can't think independently or learn from any of the entire first movie that you just went through. Oh, girl power. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't mind strong field characters. Like, Leia's a great strong field with character stuff, but just, like, the fact that they made Rose and the, what's, the Vice Admiral or whatever, like, literally babysit their characters and, like, enforce a moral compass of their own upon them is just awful. It's so painful. Yeah, it is a little so painful poorly to watch written. that. It's, yeah. Even if they just did for one of them, you know, it'd be something. But it's weird that they gave them both the exact same storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they just, like, threw Finn out by making him waste a lot of time for no reason. Oh, yeah, exactly.
<laughs> I, love how, I love how Finn was just like the work sanitation on yeah, every single super weapon on like the, that the first order has, right? Like yeah, he's like he was, yeah, I'm he was not the janitor on Starkiller like. Base. He was the janitor on Snoke's lead ship. He was it's the janitor. True. It's like. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's like I'm not a highly trained like space marine with uh, law enforcement training and stuff. I'm just, uh, I'm just a janitor. Yeah, it's like how honestly, often, like, oh, it's kind of lame. I wish they had really like made him like a through and through stormtrooper. Yeah, they could have been way cooler character. Yeah. Instead, I just like take every character and turn them into a joke. Yeah. I mean, they really do. Yeah. Oh, not to mention Maz Kanata's appearance in this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the spoilers, that's my favorite part. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. <laughs> it's a time, man. I've already ripped apart. I'm not even getting, like, started on this right now. <laughs> you know, actually, the uh, Mega Star Destroyer, I think it's called. I thought it was a cool design. It's like like a like a, a real like a world wing. stealth bomber. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, it yeah. looks a lot like yeah. a B two stealth bomber. It is really yeah, really it's, cool. It's pretty sweet. But all its potential is wasted because you know what <laughs> they decided they needed to do for this movie. Oh, here we go! Oh, here we go. Oh. Why does he need to be an ace pilot? Because they all are. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, the... what does that mean? <laughs> like, this whole thing is so strange. Oh, it's. Uh, I hate it. So I love Benicio del Toro, amazing actor. But such a wasted character. Oh, like, wasted talent. Absolutely. Like, so bad. What is recording her? I don't know. It's like some it sort like, of floating I probe. I don't know, dude. Okay, like, let's talk about this union dispute for a I second. know, right? Like, oh, man. I, mean, like, like, so I feel like that entire appearance was just because they had an obligation to keep her character as, as part of the film. Yeah, I and then, and then they, they couldn't find a spot for it. So they're like, oh, let's put it in here. It totally yeah. feels like that. Pretty just feel a little, a little awkward, a little gimmicky. And I love how at the end she just like jetpacks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I know, right? Uh, okay. And the camera follows her too. She doesn't just appear and like show up, like you know, jetpack off of camera. Like it just the, it follows her up as if it's like right, like, so cinematic. <laughs> Man, modern day Mandalorian. I really appreciate Ryan Johnson's ability to move the scar because before it looked so ridiculous. It was really goofy. And now it looks kind of cool. <laughs> it, it is better, but it, it yeah, is wasn't very... Wasn't his nose before? Like... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was going across the bridge of his nose over the other eye, I'm pretty sure, or like up, up is the middle of his forehead or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was kind of like between the eye and the nose. Yeah. You know what they should have done to make him like really medicine? Cut his nose off. <laughs> that was funny. <gasps> they could have made him look like Voldemort. Dude, yes. <laughs> like cut his nose off and he's all like snaky. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. for like, real. Like skeletal or like uh 
like what's that guy's name? Like, like Darth Malgus mask? Like Red Skull from the oh, first yeah, Captain yeah. America movie. Right. The whole force link between them was was interesting. Yeah. I didn't like it in this one, but I actually no. grew to like it in the next movie. Yeah, once I understood like what it was that was going on, I was like, oh, okay, like there's actually like meaning behind what's happening yeah. right now. It's not just like, oh, yeah. we're just so good with the force. We can talk to each other across the galaxy. Well, yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it, it was a little in, weird. It's in this movie, though, that Snoke is the one who reveals that he's been bridging their minds through the force, right? Which is why I like brought that up earlier with Snoke and all these interesting force powers, yeah. because it makes him a little different than the Emperor. And then in the next movie, find out they, they, they find out that he's just the emperor, and it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. like what the heck, man? And then also, not only that, but they go completely backwards on the fact that Snoke is the one who's been bridging their minds together, and they call it a forced dyad that just happened naturally. Yeah, like, what? like yeah. And so in the Rise of Skywalker, they actually they sort of they sort of went backwards on what happens in this movie where snoke reveals in the throne room that he's been bridging the minds together to lure her here and you know all this stuff and and uh, and because of that because of the result of them bridging their minds they forged this bond with each other which is interesting and and i liked that about this movie but then in the next movie it re it's revealed that palpatine is not only snoke but this connection between ben and ray is actually called the force dyad in which happens for, you know, once in a, a very blue moon sort of thing. Yeah, me too. And that's that's why I like the whole force bond in this movie actually more than the next movie because um, I, I like, liked that idea. Because that even makes sense even with, with the knowledge that Snoke and Palpatine are the same person, you know, quotations mm -hmm. around that. But because Palpatine probably knows that even now that she's his granddaughter so why would he not create that bond to lure her so that she yeah. could become his apprentice yeah i mean like personally i kind of i actually like the concept of the forest dyad or whatever i like i guess it's more of like a classical archetypal archetypal um like connection or whatever between their two mm -hmm. characters but like i don't know i didn't mind it like i liked that explanation in the next movie more than just like in this movie it being like presented as like just another one-off like it was in the last movie where they're like right. oh yeah like <laughs> we're just randomly really good at force stuff this is really funny though i like that yeah right that was good too <laughs> i i know i see what you're going with that i actually do like the force diet idea uh, yeah. what what i didn't like was how they made it presented seem it. as if the as if the for because Palpatine doesn't realize that he's like the the nature of your bond is you know should for like he's like confused that it's actually what it is, yeah. um and and as if he knew nothing about the fact that they have this bond in the first place when he's the guy who apparently <laughs> is Snoke who bonded their minds in the first place so like it's like <laughs> there's a big in inconsistency there with like this Force bond and the Force dyad being one and the same. And like, I don't know if it's like, if it's something separate or if it's two different things or if it's supposed to be yeah. the same thing that Snoke wanted to do and didn't realize that that's what he was making. Therefore, Palpatine knowing that as well, right? Like, it's, yeah. 
It's a lot oh. of like, is this the same thing or isn't it kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I just want to say this sequence is reminding me of like a National Geographic documentary. Yeah, the, the shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 This I was reaching out. Ha, ha, ha. The stock I, footage of the plants growing. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, it's a Nat Geo documentary now. Right? <laughs> I do like the 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 elaborated kind of script there that kind of takes what Yoda says about the force and then kind of expands on it a little bit. I don't know why Luke is so shocked about this because he like walked into a cave that Yoda told him to go into, which was basically the same yeah. principle. It's true. And let's not forget he tried to kill his freaking nephew, so he's not yeah. one to talk about moral like any morality. Yeah, yeah. Still don't think Luke would do that. No. I think the biggest change between this movie and the next movie, which I hate the most about the next movie, is that Ray's lineage uh, is has went mm. from having parents that came from yeah. nothing. She was this unique character that was, you know, not destined for greatness like characters we've known before. She was something new in the sense that she was from nothing, and and you know she's been brought into this situation as choosing to do something about it and then in the next movie they make her this character with destiny like we've seen all the rest come before her so to me it was just like going around the carousel once one more time kind of thing broken um, record so yeah like it's like oh now she's related to palpatine and, and you know it's like everybody's related to somebody important it's like it yeah. makes the galaxy so much smaller than just having some girl from nowhere with parents and she's got these yeah, powers like a more and, relatable character yeah, exactly. That's, like, what, that's what I really liked about Rogue One is that not like I mean like I mean I guess you could argue that um what's her name's like Jyn Erso's father is like, you know, a super powerful important person or whatever, but like most of those characters are all like you know, they're all just normal people mm -hmm. and they but they've been forced into the circumstance, right? So Right. You know, that being said, I actually do like Ray being related to Palpatine just because of how ridiculously powerful she is in the Force. I think that's the only reasonable explanation for why yeah. she's powerful, but I I still <laughs> don't like the relationship. It's the only thing, them. yeah. I I like I'm not like the only reason I'm willing to accept it is because it makes the last movie less painful, where she just is randomly able to suddenly use the Force out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because like, if like, all right, fine. She's powerful. Palps her. Her granddaddy or her daddy or daddy or whatever the issue is. Yeah, or how yeah, but in that, this movie she shows up Luke when they have that slow, like, duel. Yeah.
Let the pointless side story begin. Exactly. Like, see, like, I don't think I've ever watched a movie where I was like, this movie is just such a blatant, like, waste of my time, basically, because they literally just have a huge section of this movie where there's no, like, there's no battles. It's all just them floating in space and arguing with each other and being completely miserable to each other or, or like, you know the relationship between poe and the admiral and then finn and rose like it's just ridiculous and the fact mm. that this entire situation like this huge chunk they like arrested all these things can be avoided if they just like paid 20 bucks for parking right yeah uh, yeah, yeah totally Yeah, and like all of this to go get a hacker, I'm like, oh man, like what? Slicer, <laughs> Slicer, Star Wars. Excuse me, Slicer. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, and look at Finn right now. Like, this dude's so like he's five years old, and Rose is like, ah, oh, you're so stupid. Oh my gosh, I have to redirect <laughs> you back to our mission because it's not like you're a highly trained stormtrooper or anything that's like been focused on your mission like your entire life. They're not even trying to blend in. Like it would have been at yeah, least interesting. <laughs> at least it would have been interesting if they had to have like went out and got suits and you know like been like a kind of like a mini James Bond or yeah, like, they could that would have been so cool. Been cool. Yeah, if it was like Ocean's Eleven sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, like a heist kind of exactly. thing. Like, so like we got to intercept this code breaker secretly without people knowing we're from yeah. the resistance. Because I'm still, I'm still mad that it's just a generic hacker that the whole reason there is here. But yes, I agree that there should have been like it, they could have made something really interesting out of this. Yeah. Instead of forgoing all of their friends to save some horses, instead. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I forgot how ridiculous this is. Okay, yeah, I like that the kids are uh, like the moral compass too. Children, children are more morally like ethical than all the adults in the Star Wars apparently now. Like, uh, like just the the SJW ideology and the babysitting in this movie just makes me so angry. Like, like Rose already knows that like half this casino pays for stuff from the First Order. So, like, I don't know why they're not trying to blend in. They're blatantly from the Resistance. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Or at the, at the very least, they look like belt. smugglers. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a blaster pistol right on his belt out front. Like, what the heck? <laughs> How Disney that scene is. Oh yeah. <laughs> parking violation like so unoriginal and i honestly one of the things that i forgot that i really dislike is from here on out they just throw away the original plan and just go with some other random guy they met instead of trying to actually try again to meet that guy who they were set to get in the first place yeah exactly 
such a hodgepodge of like ridiculous. See, like huge missed opportunity for like the next movie where she could have been wielding a double bladed lightsaber oh, in uh, in Colin Trevorrow's script. That's what would have happened. She should have, because that'd be cool. That would have been sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Or maybe like a saber pike or something. That could be good too. I'm still yeah. a fan of the, the like the double bladed them. Yeah, I like that idea too. The staff saber. I do like this next scene though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops a doodle. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the fish. <laughs> That's my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> like just, knocks the villagers' wheel. Right. Wheel. Just ruins their day. Yeah. Like, like, like oh, morning like, to get that fish. Their life already sucks. <laughs> like they're just a couple of fish nuns or whatever, and they're like, oh man. They're like they're, they're, they're keepers. They're keepers of the like the remaining Jedi temples. Yeah. I mean, honestly, haven't done a very good job of keeping the temples if we're being <laughs> like all this stuff with Luke sharing about about uh, kind of how like crappy the Jedi were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's interesting that he mentions Darth Sidious by name. It's true because because throughout the original trilogy, he only knew him as the Emperor. Yoda only revealed like only only told him of the emperor like ben solo only referred to him as the emperor right so like it's interesting because in the prequels that's the only time that they actually call him darth sidious so i wonder if it's if it's luke's kind of like studies of ben kenobi's journals from or the the marvel the marvel star wars comics that that's what i was thinking too was ghosts i figured yeah well if it's any similar to the original books for the in-between timeline for luke the legacy books now. Uh, Luke was in good contact with the Force Ghosts for a long time. Kind of had them as like a council. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you see. So Luke's like, okay, you see, it's not that the Jedi are terrible. I'm just a horrible person for almost killing my nephew. So there's a comic book out there which I think we should all probably read because I still haven't read it yet either. It's just four issues or five issues, but um, it's called Kylo Ren, and uh, it's a kind of a prequel-ish flashback-related story to the build-up of Ben Solo kind of joining Snoke in the first place and um, how these events kind of affect that decision and who the Knights of Ren are and mm. uh, how that title the the master of the knights of ren is even like a thing yeah um so it actually gets into all of that stuff 
and uh, it's interesting. It was interesting. Like I've, I've seen some of the panels, like some of the pages, and it looks really good. Yeah, because, I love because the they, context to the Knights of Ren because we got none from the movies. Yeah, the, they the comics. Over that. The comics were basically doing patchwork to like make some of these things make more sense and not and, terrible. Uh, <laughs> as as some of the comic books do, which you know they tend to fill in some of the holes when it comes to certain things, but. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, we should all give it a read at some point because yeah. that does some good justice for the character too. Ah, first catch of the day. <laughs> ah, first catch of the day. He called them rebels. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Resistance. The line was resistance. Well, I'm only doing one take. Yeah. <laughs> the resistance? More likely they were wiped out. <laughs> Here we are, just, just sitting in space. I mean, Poe looks like in, he's in as much pain as I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Also, could you imagine getting arrested for parking on a beach instead of a ticket? Ugh, man. No, yeah, so stupid. More gigantic wastes of our time. Like, just from, like, a, like a, a f- film design, not even as, like, a Star Wars movie, just from the perspective of, like, watching a film, it was just such a, like, blatant waste of, like, the audience's time. Mm. It just frustrated me like i thought it was just so ridiculous you know knock the prequels all you want for certain elements but their stories were cohesive and everything had a point yeah and there was like things happening other than us just floating in space or having like meaningless sequence after meaningless sequence yeah and like multiple characters that and, are and like, like not useful or meaningful in this story at all really and when they had sidelining stories like obi-wan going off to investigate this and you know uh and then anakin and padme you know being in protection over here kind of thing like like all the stories mingled really well and made sense in their own context and they allowed the characters um, to grow in their own way like the yeah because like Obi-Wan yeah. was discovering the plot that was going to lead to the next well the war yeah, and while and was the clone happening, army. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And while that was happening, Anakin was growing as a character into Darth Vader. Yeah, and falling in love, which yeah. then would be you know a, a result of Luke and Leia, right? Yeah, and All so like, even though there are some cringy moments for you know most <laughs> yeah. of us, like like I mean, it's like, still it's still relevant, right? Yeah, but like with this, it's like you know we have character development from for Finn and Poe from the first movie. And but none right now. Like there's hardly any like development from Finn and Poe at all in this movie because they're babysat the entire time by these people that are now their more compass. Like Rose is like babysitting uh, Finn right now. Like has to decide everything for him. And then the vice admiral is just like, no, 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 Poe, it's stop being a naughty boy. No, 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 we're not doing that. No, no, I'm not going to tell you what's going on. Hmm. You know, he probably shouldn't put his sewer entrance into prison. 
<laughs> yeah. Didn't they learn from the last time? <laughs> just, you know, just write that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is the only movie that we get somebody drinking from like blue milk out of a massive alien tit. And then there's also <laughs> steaming crap on like the floor behind Finn, like literally <laughs> steaming. It's like fresh, yeah. freshly dropped. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it's, it like, is. it's like the most like, I don't know, vivid imagery. <laughs> <laughs> realism, Josh. It's the realism. Yeah, yeah. It's a secret ring. Oh, man. <gasps> oh, boy. Look at that, Timmy. Wait, the kids would know what that is. See, I think, I think. See, I don't think so. Like, that, no. that's the thing. Like, so, it just doesn't make any sense. To me, the only reason they put the kids in this movie is because they're like, "Oh yeah, it's Star Wars. Kids love seeing kids, but kids don't like seeing kids." Like, I think that's a lot of the reason that people had a hard time with the Phantom Menace is, you know, they had to watch Anakin, who's like, you know, a little, very, like a very young child or whatever. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it either, but I think <laughs> you're right. You're right in the sense that I think some people did complain that he was pretty young, though. Yeah, like, I think it worked for that story, but uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of people that, who didn't. It, 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 it's just so unnecessary. <laughs> like, like kids don't want to watch kids. They want to like kids want to grow up. They don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm just like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, yeah. it's true. It's true. More alien tits. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of boobs in this movie. <laughs> there is. <sighs> this is just, I don't know. To me, I just find this so boring to watch because I'm it's like, so stupid, like, man. Like, man, ask, like, social justice. Woo, bring down the. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like in in Attack of the Clones, we get this awesome speeder chase, and then in uh, in Last Jedi, we get like you know two people riding at like a horse, oversized yeah like, horse camels or whatever, get ridden around and like crush poker tables, like yippee ki <laughs> like hallelujah. Yeah. Like, we set free. Like, <laughs> I, I like, bet the next morning they just go out and they just like shoot them all. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. So, okay, look at that. One shot, and the guy's able to take out the ship, but doesn't think uh, to start shooting at all of the freaking, like, camel horses. Like, what the fudge, man? It's true. Was, oh, no, that would be so immoral of us to shoot the camel horses. It's not like we're an evil empire or anything. Or part of one. You know, it's kind of ironic that they're like, oh, yeah, we're freeing these camel horses or whatever. But they're doing the exact same thing that the riders were doing with the camel horses, just using them as a means to an end. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but now they are free! <laughs> yeah! oh, oh, boy, I freed all the camel horses. Ha <laughs> ha! It's like, oh, thank you for letting me use you. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just so such a special moment. Not like we got to hey, people dying in the galaxy or that, anything like that. Honestly, to me, that's the biggest issue is they just completely forget the fact that all of their friends are about to die. Yeah. Uh, did you guys? Did you guys watch? Uh, watch like you guys both seen Ant Man? Yeah, the first one. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of my favorite parts of the movie, like one of the like I just lose it every time, is like the 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 what's his face the the Mexican guy. Lewis or something? Yeah, it's like sidekick uh, guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when he first picks up Paul Rudd's character from prison, he's like uh he's like, So what's what's new? He's like, Oh well um like my my father died. I mean, my mom got deported. But I got the van, <laughs> and he's like super happy about like, like this van. crappy van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think I think this movie kind of like draws off of that. It's like they get back to the resistance. It's like it's like, oh, what you guys accomplished? It's like, well, we lost the master codebreaker, and we got imprisoned. But uh, we, we, we got this other guy. <laughs> like some pointless, stupid thing. Like, <laughs> but we got back alive. <laughs> it's definitely comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Like all these failures, then this one like meaningless, pointless thing. Why didn't they put her in a back to tank? Right? I don't, I don't I know. See the back to tanks, bro. Like what the heck? It it's, well, Finn, Finn was wearing a back to suit, but um, yeah, that was that was kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I Maybe he ruined like their to... only one or something. the only one. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that would be so funny, man. We like, can only like, afford Le the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Le Leia's only in a coma still because Finn like. Just <laughs> Ruin the, the last back. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, ruining the movie again. Oh man, this shot oh, of him getting God. wide like that oh. was pretty. Yeah, not necessary. It it does look so weird. <laughs> when did, did the scar get halfway down his chest? It's been uh, growing. Uh, she, she like she struck him below the elbow. I think in the movie. I Josh, think. don't try to, don't try to defend him. I think. I think. I don't know. I, I I'm, okay. Sure. It's, it's growing. All right. This guy's got a mind of its own. Fair enough, his back as well. <laughs> I remember the one on the back. And his shoulder too. I think was from yeah, the, the shoulder. Yeah, I remember that too. Like, yeah, sorry. the stab. Yeah. He's like, you see this? It's so you. <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you, like see what you see too? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Luke's <laughs> face. Yeah, he looks so deranged. You like, know what? Right? Jedi. That's the problem, not Luke. <laughs> yeah. Jedi are horrible. It's all it's all their fault. It's not Luke's fault at all that all this bad stuff is happening right now because yeah. of him. Why does Luke look homeless in half this movie? Even I, when he's I supposed to be like well off and a Jedi master, he still looks kind of homeless. Well, because yeah, that's what they they done that to all the main character, like the major characters in this movie. Finn, Poe, like Luke, they've. Br brought them down they've ground them down to dust and like <laughs> removed any sense of morality or ethics from them or any anything meaningful and they're like okay now we need these other characters to like reteach all of that to you because you have no moral compass or understanding of anything i think there was a lot of consistency at least uh with force awakens and han solo's character like i yeah. thought i thought that that was one of the the more positive notes of that movie is that his character actually felt like more 
consistent, I guess. Yeah, um, and not being ruined by some other character having to I, babysit him. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't understand, though, why they had to kind of go and make some sort of life turmoil decision with all of these characters, though. Like, I mean, with, with Han Solo, his, like, marriage has been ruined. And with Luke, it's like his connection to the Force, he's been cut off. And with, uh, with uh, Leia, it's, um, um, I mean the whole thing with her son and and plus her yeah. husband you know and yeah she's still talking um, there yeah it's just like all these characters have been kind of like you know reduced to nothing yeah like they're all going through something that's that basically gets the better of them because at the end of the day like leia does end up dying because of because of ben solo right yeah like ends up giving her life for that Oh, right. I forgot that they didn't bother explaining anything. <laughs> Remember, when you, you're too lazy to show anything visually, just add a narrator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she was talking to uh, Ben... Like she's telling Ben, I think what what she saw because they're currently in that right. having a moment. Yeah. See, this is what I liked about this. Like, I liked that man hands that uh, she was related to. Just like it, it was like the the answer she's searching for, kind of isn't out there, right? And that mm. she had to just move on from that decision to look for her lineage. Someone should replace Palpatine's face there. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Dude, special edition edit, boys. Let's do it. Right? <laughs> Just throw <laughs> throwing Palpatine there. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Feel the power of the dark side of the force. <laughs> Yeah, like I liked how, you know, she's searching endlessly for these answers as to who her parents are, but really she's looking for a meaning uh, of her, of her own, um, and uh, and then when that mirror reveals to her, it's like, oh, like, you know, it's not going to show you anything except just yourself, right? Like I think, think what it's doing is like pointing the answers to within herself and not looking to an external source to do that so but isn't that place supposed to be the dark side i mean yeah. no not necessarily i think it's exactly like the cave on dagobah right where it's like it it it's got this dark um presence to it but it's still it's still harmless and and it's just revealing some answers right because like I mean, Yoda does go into the, the cave on Dagobah in the Clone Wars and, and it's revealed to him that Order 66 would happen the way, not exactly the way it does. It just shows him what's ahead. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I think it's it's a fairly appropriate for for this cave to exist the way it does and present some sort of vision to her of some kind. But uh, I feel like it all kind of went to went to crap when they like changed her whole lineage and made it related to Palpatine. Just makes that whole scene so pointless. <laughs> it's like, so Mark, you're going to be in the new Star Wars movie, but instead of a lightsaber, we'll give you a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> even a stick. Thrilled. It's an antenna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I want to see more of that lightsaber. Mm. It's the only time it appears in the entire trilogy, isn't it? It is, yeah. That shot is out of focus, and I can see it every single time. Mm. I hate that in movies. I noticed mm. that in some in the original Thor movie as well, the second one. Mm. I think I know what you're talking about. I saw that recently. Yeah, it's like they did like a crop in, like digitally, and just like super low res and like grainy and like. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, right, here we go, round two. Throw it away now, I dare you. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> How did you guys like? Uh, looks like he's back in his traditional garb again. How did you guys like this whole sequence here with Yoda and everything? Last I remember, I liked it. I, I don't like the, the fact that there's no translucence to him. Like, the, the effect-wise, that is. I mean, I, I like this whole thing, but... Um, like, this this looks so weird. <laughs> it looks so strange, dude. Like, it's like... It looks so fake. It does look more fake than it did before, yeah. Yeah. Like Return of the Jedi looks better. He's a. I think uh, he's animatronic here. I don't know why they didn't add some 
translucence to his character, though. Like, transparency, that is. Yeah. It's just a blue glow on a puppet. Yep. Okay, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. The fact that the Force Ghost can, like, summon other, like, Force effects. Like, mm. that's pretty sweet. Makes them seem like super. It makes it makes Ben Kenobi's like words about you know I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine like come to light a lot more. It's true. It makes you wonder that if they've and this is actually that's exactly the reason why I think that they're solid because I think since we've seen them last they've actually grown stronger. Maybe. So they're That's less good. ghostly. So they're you see they can actually do physical things. Like we actually see Yoda hit Luke in the head, right? Yeah, yeah, they have, exactly. They have physical form, essentially. Yeah. So it's like they're no longer ghosts, really. They're like right. ethereal. That's a good point, actually, because on in the Clone Wars, Qui Gon showed up to. Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mortis, and he was able to present himself in his body form, but, uh, in it, well, at least in Force Ghost form, but uh, later on in the series, when he speaks to Yoda, he's only able to show up as a voice. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was due to the, the, the concentratedness of the, of the Force on that planet that allowed him to do that. So I wonder if Acto is just so saturated with, like, the Force that, mm, uh, that maybe that's... There. Exactly, yeah. Could be. See, I liked all this stuff. And and then I kind of started to wonder, I was like, why didn't Yoda just show up when Luke was having a moment like this, watching his whole Jedi temple burn down and he was in tears and, you know, that would the day that he decided to cut himself off from the forest, right? Like, why didn't Yoda show up then? Like 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah, like, like, ages ago now. Guess he was busy doing Yoda stuff. <laughs> like, existing outside of time? Yeah. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'! <laughs> See, like, instead of doing this entire sequence in this movie where they're just floating in space, like, meaninglessly, like, they could have done an entire, like, backstory on Kylo Ren and Luke and the old temple and stuff like that. Like, they could have at least done oh, a decent bit on that. That would have been awesome. But no. They could have done a thing, yeah, where she's, like, raised, like, exploring old ruins and stuff. Like, yeah. Jedi ruins. So yeah. yeah. So much potential. <laughs> When 900 years old you reach, lose track of time you do. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years late I am? Oh, I thought it was five minutes. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's ransacking anything. It's like it could be some dude going through his own drawer. It's true. <laughs> uh, 
Are those supposed to be schematics for the ships? Or uh, I think there's supposed to be like a lot um yeah, you know like yeah, there you go. Cuz if you notice like a, underneath like a, I had like font. I think those are like prices. Yeah. So it's like a like a ship dealer kind of thing? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah, no, I think he said it was an arms dealer or something like that, so he's selling like weapon systems and ships to uh, both sides and making okay. money off of it. The admirals banned you from the bridge? Seriously? Flyboy. Oh boy, here we go. So professional. <laughs> <laughs> I just love though, just like, just the sight of her just like launches you into like this terrade. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'd feel the same way. I feel the same way right now. I could go on a tirade right now. Again, I've already had several. <laughs> I, I don't know why she doesn't just like come clean and just tell him the plan because like it's because he's not mentally fit like this is what i've been telling you josh she's there to be his babysitter moral compass because he's not a big boy enough to decide anything for himself he needs to be babysat by someone who's more intelligent better moral compass better like ethical compass like it's ridiculous yeah They think there's a mole, don't they? That see, that would make sense uh, if that she was hiding it. If if that was like a, a a thing that they brought up earlier, but they they didn't bring it up earlier on. Like of all the people to like hide it from too. Like I don't know why. Like it's just such a stupid waste of time to make him an enemy out of him. Yeah. That he's like the one in the wrong right now. It is pretty silly, but I I would buy it more if. When she first like sent him away, so, someone like like I don't know her second in command, someone who couldn't possibly betray her, was like, "Why can't we just tell him? That would make it so much simpler." And she was like, "There's a mole. They're tracking us." Yeah, can't something trust like that. anyone. That's the thing, though, is that they don't even try to explain it away because their the whole like purpose of her character is just to demean and braid and belittle him this entire movie. Like they destroy any character build-up that he had from the last movie and just flush it flat out down mm. the toilet. By the way, this whole weird jettison thing I thought was stupid. Why does yeah, the Falcon it, have this? It is really stupid. Yeah. Why is there a coffin thing? Yeah, like... I think it's supposed to be some sort of, like, supply drop box, but the fact that it very conveniently fits a person with a window is kind of strange. With a window? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like it. Oh man, someone, someone should edit that so it just like drops her off and she just falls into the sun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> how, how Star Wars should have ended. Oh, there she goes. Gone. Uh, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, we already know the Falcon has smuggling compartments, not at a smuggling escape pod or whatever it is. I don't know. It's just weird. There's some things I could buy them adding to the Falcon. That just seemed out of place to me. It seemed mm -hmm. so gimmicky. Yeah. yeah. 
blip blabbity bloop. He sums up this whole segment like I'm just gonna fake press buttons, blip blabbity bloop, like magic fairy wave my wand and whoosh, we're in the ship, yippee! Like freaking so stupid. Blibbity blobbity bloop. This literally like. <laughs> No, in this case, she's actually right. Because I don't think she is, because her plan is just floating in space till they get to some spot or something. No, but I think she's right to call out the fact that they put their trust in these two people that spent the majority of their time saving horses. Mm. I mean, with that rationale, I'm not going to lie. But that, that <laughs> that's what I mean, though, is that like Rose is such a friggin' ridiculous character. Because, like... They flushed Finn's like entire like any. That shot was not Star Warsy at all. No, it wasn't. It was actually very confusing the first time I saw it. What that iron? The iron, yeah. Like no purpose whatsoever. It looks like something that'd be in Doctor Who. Mm. (laughs) Like something like campy and cheesy, right? Yeah. Star Wars isn't like it has like slapstick comedy with, with characters but it's not usually like this weird like out of universe shots it'd make more sense if there was a droid doing the ironing for them like yeah it's true like a protocol droid of some kind it'd be yeah, cool to see a first order it. protocol droid haven't seen one of those yet yeah Also, is it weird that's the exact same walls the entire inside of like the Death Star? Yeah, well, yeah, the First Order's just like taking like ninety nine percent of like what the Empire did, and you know, I mean, they probably built their ships off of the remains of the old ones. Oh gosh, just scavenged it. Yeah, just like yeah, this isn't actually new. We just you know hodgepodge it together, and it looks really cool because it came from really cool stuff. <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. So funny that he's got this like greasy like stubble stubble stash going on. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, all this stuff was really cool. I liked all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this was I think we talked about this. This is like the only like likable segment of the movie. Not this part, but like yeah. The, like the combat scene, yeah, yeah, the yeah the throne room scenes are great. It's very convenient that it was the exact size. Oh yeah, just oh yippee. Yeah. Ugh. 
Seal the blastors! Never noticed that before. He's got his hat on backwards. <laughs> Which guy? Who? D DJ. Yeah. Ah. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, hey, look. Yeah, I guess who's back. He's a yes, he's back. back again. <laughs> oh, look. Isn't that the first time since New Hope that we've seen them use the uh, stun? Yeah. In the main in the main movies, at least. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. That's correct. Uh, other than Clone Wars, uh, we don't really see it other than New Hope. Yeah. Oh, and Rebels too, of course. I was not sorry that her character sacrificed herself. I was like, yep, good riddance. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's supposed to be so emotional. No, her character sucked. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I hated her character. <laughs> Between her and the Vice Admiral and Rose, I both those characters, no purpose in this movie whatsoever. This entire movie could have been fine without them. Yeah, you know, I can't argue with that. <laughs> My takeaway from this movie was Kylo Ren. I liked what, how his character developed. Everyone yeah, else had a really bit well of done. a... Oh, for sure. Yeah, he definitely yeah. was the best character in this movie. No yep. question. They nailed it with him. Ray, I, I, I don't know. How do you guys feel like they did with Ray's character in this movie so far? I was kind of meh about it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like most of it is like resides with like a lack of... Um, uh, like direction with like uh, Luke's teaching and stuff like that. I think they really yeah. dropped the ball with that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is she's kind of tied to Luke, which is the issue. She probably wouldn't find a side that, but it's just that I feel like Luke wasn't yeah, utilized very really, really well. That's right. Yeah, she's tied to Luke, and Luke doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. He wants to pout on his island and be a little oh, hobo hermit. <laughs> it's like the Jedi are bad. It's not me. <laughs> yeah. 
There, see, there it is. Oh, look at that. There we go. That's going to be in the special edition edit too, Josh. They're going to clip that out. Palp's going to be in the. Pop's going to be in the uh, what should we call it? The glass mirror, or whatever. So far, I mean, we yeah, should just like, we should find comb these movies and just set it up for them. <laughs> it's like it's like it was I who bridged your mind. I was like I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like he's got this ability to like kind of like work in somebody's head and then and then connect them to somebody else like through the force like that's that's like insane right yeah I mean, he's supposed to be really powerful i mean if yeah. he was like and it makes sense with all the development that they did with some of the stuff with, with the books leading up to force awakens where palpatine mm -hmm. was like looking beyond their known galaxy for this like dark dark presence that he felt yeah um like there was all this build up to this this entity that existed outside of the galaxy that he was like trying to find right oh and, right i remember uh, i had that story because then it made you question that maybe palpatine in the end maybe he wasn't so bad he was very tyrannical but it was a means to an end so he could defend everybody yeah yeah exactly yeah and that's the whole reason why he even brings thrawn into the empire in the first place because thrawn is the guy who has the ability to uh, give him information on the outside like edge of the galaxy right uh because he's a chiss so he's got information of like hyperspace routes that like the empire doesn't have and all this stuff that's the reason why he's like the only non-human grant like admiral ever like because mm. the empire is all like very anti it's a uh, anti anti xenophobia or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah xenophobic, xenophobic yeah so uh so yeah so that's why he's like the only guy that's actually a part of the empire that's in in alien and um, it, and it added so much more when I saw like Snoke's character. I was like, oh, maybe Snoke is like. When are they gonna confirm that Snoke is the guy that that Palpatine felt in the outer rim? But now that whole thing has been scrapped because of Rise of Skywalker, and it turns out that he's just made Snoke on on this, you know. And it's like, ugh. And when I started thinking about what that dark presence was, um, I was like, oh, could it have been like the planet Exegol or whatever? But uh, but it can't be because he's been developing this whole science or like, you know, this whole cloning facility since the days of the empire, which is why his whole soul was able to survive because he transfers his essence into that clone body as soon as he falls down the reactor tube of the Death yeah. Star. So, so that didn't make any sense either as soon as I put the pieces together and, and I still don't know what that dark presence is. So it's just a lost plot line all because of episode nine. Oh, oh, that's really unfortunate. I didn't realize that that totally like destroyed that. Episode nine line. destroyed a lot of storylines that they were building up. Yeah, even in this movie, it, it it didn't it didn't sequelize this movie very well at all. It just tried to stitch a bunch of stuff together to make the sequel trilogy relevant in some sort of way. Mm. It was it was a sad attempt for a finale. That's for sure. Like I've got I've got a lot more to say about the final film than this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. That's all right. I had my rants in this one, Josh. You get yours <laughs> in the next one. Oh man, I yeah. Well, Snoke looks amazing in these shots. Yeah, yeah, he does. I was like, oh sweet, we're gonna get him for a whole nother movie. Uh Oh, no. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, never mind. No. 
like animation wise like you guys can speak to this better than me but like that's a lot of work to put into like a character that looks like that oh yeah that's extremely yeah, difficult yeah and they just like flush it down the toilet <laughs> they're like nope bye bye Oh, she needs a magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah they're ready to go. It's yeah. like a Star Wars telescope or whatever. Yeah. And hence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a crystal ball. I think is what they're going for. I think so. It's it's interesting though that because that red curtain you can see behind the magnifying glass, the red curtain's actually like pulled back a little bit. Yeah. So like that whole red sheet is is just like a. A sheet, basically, because uh, when the whole place glows up in flames, um, the whole thing burns down, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. It does ignite. Yep. So, Snoke just really likes very fine fabrics. Yeah. They wrote Snoke's lines really well. Mm-hmm. I actually like this whole thing. I, I did too, yeah. The, yeah. Like the way that he realizes that Snoke is in his head and he has to try and like, mm-hmm. like fake du- what he's doing. Yeah. Like dupe him? Yeah. Yeah. I like that whole thing too. Yeah, it was great. I like. Yeah, it sucked that they killed off Snoke's character the way that they did. But like, yeah, this whole t- sequence was awesome. This whole scene is so badass. Like this whole sequence. Yeah, it's awesome. Best part of the movie, easily. Like, easily. All the, the the little that we can take away. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Bar is set pretty low already, but this is actually like great. Honestly, this entire whole like section of the movie is just awesome. It's just yeah. the only downside is just it screws the being a sequel. Yeah. yeah like the end battle here yeah even though it's like again it's just like it's not very original it's kind of hoff 2.0 like it's still like a great yeah. uh, sequence <laughs> I, was, I was convinced that he would pop up again in the next film until he <laughs> totally got scrapped yeah 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 biggest waste of like triple a actor ever yeah so true this was a really cool weapon i liked this That guy's helmet's kind of dumb, though. <laughs> yeah. Not remotely, not remotely practical whatsoever. No, it's like it has a roof. 
Yeah. You know what? Thanks, you know what? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty gruesome. That's probably I one do, of the most I gruesome do, Star Wars kills we've seen so far. I, yeah. I, I do really like the uh, samurai look to them, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know what would be cool lore-wise is if, like, their whole face shield is completely sealed and then it's all a, like, uh, video? It probably is, yeah. It's just this one guy has got a weird hat. The rest of them are all fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is... That, be- that beheading, though, by the way, was, was pretty awesome. I love that beheading that Ben hmm. does. Yeah. Like, all his kills are so, like, ridiculously gruesome. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's so it's true, pretty man. awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, like he like, fights really viciously. Yeah, I love like with his lightsaber design too. Like he uses every part of it, so it's got like all the other like small like the two uh, the cross guard section on it and stuff like that. Like it's great. Yeah, they kind of utilize that a bit, which is nice. Oh yeah, that part's kick. That's badass. That like, was fun. Yeah. yeah. And actually, one thing that I thought they kind of fixed is in the first movie of this trilogy. She just, like, kicks his ass in the, light, the lightsaber duel at the end there, even though she has absolutely no training. And in this one, you see he takes out, like, three or four guys, and she kills, like, one. Yeah, they really improved his character with, like, his... Just his competence. His skill level, yeah. Yeah. The excuse for the last movie could have been made that it's like he was injured very badly, which is possibly the reason why she bested him. But yeah, um, and he was also emotionally kind of torn because he just killed stuff. his father. Yeah, it's a bunch of stuff, but it all just didn't really come across well when you watch that fight. He's like, why is she so powerful? It's true. I know JJ tried to explain it that he was already injured, but it's like, yeah, you shouldn't. The director shouldn't have to explain that after the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she like she believes that like she 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 knows that they were nobody right, and it's so authentic like this entire plot line of her parents being these filthy junk traders that that are nobody, yeah. And and then the next movie totally goes back on that. Yeah. <laughs> this is like there we go, Josh. This will be the biggest cut for the special edition right here. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I like I like this movie better than the La- the Rise of Skywalker. Like. Oof. Yeah. Your parents, they were nobody. They were, they were royalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like in. she's she's in tears, like, and he's like, you, you, like, you know, you, like, he tells her, like, you know the truth, and she, and she knows the truth. It's like her parents are nobody, right? And then in the next movie, it's like, oh, they're not nobody. Psych, like, they're actually like Palpatine's son and uh, his his Muggle son and uh, <laughs> And and like and his wife or whatever, right? Like it's like, yeah. come on, like. Sorry, just... sorry to interrupt. Can but can we take a moment to appreciate what's about to happen and how it totally destroys like half the franchise? Oh, uh, you mean like the the, sh- the way the ship blows the up? The light, or whatever? the light speed jump. And like let's like that aside, like she's just spent the last like what like ten minutes longer maybe just watching the fleet slowly picked off before she finally decides to do something about it. Even though this entire time she's already committed to self-sacrifice. Like, it's I true. I don't. That's the very true. beginning. 
Like, I don't yeah, understand. It, it's a bit, Wasn't it's a willing bit, to listen to any other plans. It's a bit of a plot hole, yeah. Like, I don't know why she st- had to stay on the ship to pilot it. Because they could have just set it to autopilot. Like, It's true. Because yeah. uh, the problem is it just makes so many flaws in other movies. It really annoys yeah. me. Yeah. So what- My brother and I just looked at each other and we were like, why didn't they do that, like, the first movie from the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> like, they could have blew up the Death Star of the single X-Wing. Yeah. All this stuff was like super cool too. Like, yeah, with them fighting over the lightsaber and then breaking it. Like, yeah, it's like amazing. Too bad it was uh, overshadowed by a terrible movie. (laughs) Oh, and they had to just fix the lightsaber in the next movie too. Yeah, I don't know Uh, why they did that either. uh, It's JJ man. Let her make her own. Yeah, her own lightsaber. Yeah, like let her be her own character, and they just wanted to. So visually, this is so cool, but so stupid. Like, ruins so much. I actually didn't even realize the fact that it blows up all the other Star Destroyers, too. She just destroys an, got an entire all fleet. Of them. I don't, so if you watch, I don't think it got all of them. Yeah, exactly. a lot of them. It, but yeah, it got a lot of them, so I was just like, okay. <laughs> Man, it would have been hilarious if, like, you're right. I think her character should have been replaced with, like, Admiral Akbar because, like, yeah, <laughs> he, he should have been, been the one to sacrifice himself. And then, like, before, you know, it's like, it's a trap, but I'm yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. he just, like, calls in on them. He yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. hear over the radio. <laughs> yeah. It's on a trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, they, uh, they gotta have the whole duel. All this stuff. Q Q Q Q. It's too lasery. Why would it do that? So stupid. I don't. It's like it rips uh, off all the controls and everything. <laughs> they must be made so terribly that the whole thing just peel off from chains as <laughs> walking. I know, right? Yeah. So what? She's like, I got a stick. <laughs> they really like just like metal sticks in this movie. Like yeah. Luke and Ray have a fight with them. Like Ray's obsessed with her freaking stick, even though she has a freaking lightsaber now. I gotta say, it's pretty lame that she just has this like pipe. Yeah, like at least yeah. he's a cool like stun baton. Like, can we not like go something. grab one of the uh, executioner axes or something that we just saw a minute ago? Like, honestly. Oh, and she has a blaster this whole time, so she could have pulled an Indiana Jones and shot yeah. him from the beginning. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Well, then Finn doesn't get a chance to win. Yeah.
Oh, yeah. Such an underwhelming death. Oh, now it's like <laughs> parkouring its way. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so Still bad. Still fully functional. Yep. <laughs> so good, man. Yeah, that's my background right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, this part's so good right here. It tries like so scummy. Like, yeah. To... <laughs> yeah, I forgot about this. And then he went. Hey, he looks so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, gosh, doing it this whole during time. So funny. So good. It does make him seem super petty, though. That's the only yeah. problem. That's the well, only problem I have with it. But it's it's like, it's fitting. It, it's fitting yeah. though because it's like it's like oh, I want to be in charge, right? Mm -hmm. I forgot about this part of the movie. It always feels like it ends. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it was so unoriginal and unmemorable? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just feels so final and they just like add another ending to it. Yeah. They could have ended the movie there. Yeah, they could have. They could have. They hit the two hour, the rebel almost, almost the two hour mark already. Yeah. Um, You ever notice that all the blasters in the sequels are super like chunky and fat? Yeah, yeah. I was just looking at that. They don't look like Star Wars or like blasters. No, they don't. No. They, they look, look super like, like hi fi kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have like screens on them and stuff. Yeah. And they're also big. Like, look at those sidearms. They're massive. <laughs> and then nobody shows up. Right. Yeah, it's such an underwhelming moment. I was like, "Oh, cool. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole bunch of like reinforcements. Like, what's left of the Republic is gonna show up, and nothing happens." It's me, Billy D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Battering ram cannon, least original name ever. Like, come Miniaturized on, Death Star tech. Yeah. Could be some sort of Death Star in every movie. Here we go. Here we go back to the uh, like the peta like back SGW. to the super weapons. Why are those things not all incredibly terrified? 
I've met wild animals in the wilderness, and they're not friendly to just random people walking up to them. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm just like, oh, yeah, here we go, more SJW logic. Like, yep, all the 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 rock foxes are our buddies because we're helping them. They're like pairing off to owners. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how nature works. <laughs> oh, so uh, Gareth Edwards has a cameo coming works. up. <laughs> yeah, Gareth Edwards is in here. It's that guy right there, right? Next to the guy with the helmet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> how funny would it be if this guy just got sniped? <laughs> yeah, so he like right here, he licks it. And the, he, Gareth Edwards is like, what the crap? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looks over at Weirdo. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, like speaking to the blasters that they have or whatever, the ones that they're holding there, like I can tell like parts of it are taken from like a, a G36 or whatever, which is a pretty modern and sleek assault rifle, but they've chunked it up so much. This is pretty mm -hmm. hilarious though. The the salt so, speeders like, or whatever. The, the janky like yes. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be sand, it would be salt, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I like that part. Yeah, just, just absolute like, garbage. Yeah, it's so junky. Just stabs his foot through the floor. Yeah. And honestly, this whole thing is pretty like beautiful, artistic. It is. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's really cool. It, the visuals with this movie are so good. It's just the movie side. <laughs> Man. It is not windy enough for them to have open cabs. Just saying. Yeah, I know. I've been in a convertible before. About, like, the rock salt getting in their face? Like, just saying. Like, having that shower down on you ain't gonna be too hot. Okay, nobody turn or cross paths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more great helmets, by the way. Gotta love them. They got a different helmet for everything. It's so wonderful. <laughs> I also love how they took AT-ATs and just made them more pissed off. Yeah. yeah, like more more large and big. cranky old eighties. <laughs> like, it's like, like the windows are like angry eye shaped now. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, they Do look these... like gorillas. They have like yeah. big gorillas. Yeah, they are gorilla Apes together, strong. Yeah, <laughs> great movies, by the way. Like, yeah. I love the new trilogy, Planet of the Apes. Never cared about them before the new trilogy. Oh, man. The most... The I most... didn't mind the Mark Wahlberg one. I thought that one was pretty good from the 90s. Uh, I think I saw it once, like, really long time ago. Yeah. I, I actually quite like the new ones. Did you Did you say you didn't like the new ones? I said I loved uh, them. Yeah, oh, you, you, you do like them. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen them all yet. They're super well oh, done. Oh, so good. They get better with every movie. Yeah, they okay, really because like I stopped after the second one. It was kind of, kind of meh. Yeah, the first and second one were all right. The third one is like great though. Yeah, third one kills it. I, I really know. like check it out. the Planet of the Apes. I love how he recognizes the Falcon. And he's just so right. mad. Yeah. yeah. Pew 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 arcade game pew 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 pew. <laughs> like one Millennium Falcon against twenties Tie Fighters. Don't so worry about guys. it. 
<laughs> every movie, man. Yeah, they got <laughs> every time. <laughs> That's how I feel a little, uh, whatchamacallit, poor. Why is she turning into it? Honestly, that, yeah. Did, did that porg that landed on the window, was that like a practical thing, do you think? Because it looks so janky, like yeah, flying across know. the cockpit like that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I love how he looks over at him like, like that's what I just said. He's like, this is my job. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of interesting too how in like this movie they're suddenly concerned about taking like losses. Like, I'm sorry, but like the entire franchise up in this point, like we've made no secret of the fa of the fact that like, you know, a lot of people will get killed. But now they're almost out because they've let too many die. Yeah. Hmm. Because they're stupid floating through space baloney. <laughs> I thought this was such a good end for Finn's character. Like, especially considering everything else that he's been through in this movie, which was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I thought I'm it was like sure you're gonna. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Oh no, I just thought it was like a like a. I thought it was a surprise ending that I thought like I didn't expect this to happen. Like that they would kill off a main character, and then I I started like liking the ending of this movie as soon as I saw this right here with the music and all that, and then mm. you know, yeah. Then yeah, it didn't I'm open to the idea too. Yeah, he's like he's not all that useful in the next one either. No, he's so pointless in the next. It movie. would have been better for him to do this, to be honest. Yeah, yep. I mean, they spent the whole like movie like crapping all over his character. Yeah, I was like, all right. I mean, I you just wrecked his character and any purpose his character. So sure, yeah, let's kill him. Might as well. Yeah. How does she get ahead of him? She was going the other way. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, man. Uh, anyway, what, what were you saying before, Reed? Uh, oh no, yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, put him out of his misery, basically. But then, yeah, right now, it's like, oh, see, she needs to swoop in and be like, no, no, Finn. Like, you can't you can't think for yourself. I need to do that for you. Also, yeah. at those speeds, they probably would have died. Yeah, like open cockpit, no, like, protection whatsoever. Yeah, and, we know they're, and they're, like, now. super janky and have no structure left. Yeah, like, hey, kids, moral of the story, car crashes are okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, all this is so dumb. Mm -hmm. This honestly is more cringy than any oh, of the awful. scenes in so Attack of the stupid. Clones. Oh yeah, this is brutal. Watching their friends die. Sexual <laughs> 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 harassment. Their, their friends oh, are dying in the background, and then they just. I, I know, he's like, just <laughs> not into it at all. He's yeah. just like he's just. Why are you following me? Yeah. 
man. They're trying to normalize yeah. like stalkers. Like honestly, man, I would yeah. rather watch Anakin's conversation about sand and like <laughs> kiss a thousand times Dude, than I'm see watched. this like oh, ten yeah. times. I'd rather watch that dang pair scene over like yeah a thousand times over than this. Be yep. honest, I don't want to watch either of them. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's no comparing. This one's way worse. <laughs> it's so bad. It's awful. I also just love that Finn was just not into it at all. Yeah, I know. He's, that, like, he's that's the part that kills we are. Like, What the heck? He's like, uh, yeah, like, my whole character's thing is Ray. Ray is <laughs> so, like, the only thing I care about. Well, here's the, <laughs> thing that, here's the thing that bothers me. is like that and the resistance he was about to just die for. It is like getting blown up in the background and it, all yeah. it takes is half a second and he looks back at like this other lady. It's like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. All of our friends are dead, but now we can be together. Yeah, yeah. And no, hey guys, it's Luke. <laughs> so Finn can't save us. Luke's gonna save us. Yeah, yeah. As it should have been. I thought I did like all this that he comes back at the end and, and kind of it is a restoring moment yeah. for his character because, like, I know none of us really like the emotional place that Luke is in through this movie, but yeah, like this is the turning moment right here where he actually does come back from that, and uh, I think it's easy to forget because you know, uh, at least for me, I tend to tend to focus in on the negative, but um, you know, the last bit of the film here is is that redeeming moment. So. No, I agree. I'm glad they did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just dawned on me now. Why did Luke have to go away and, and like hide and be all shameful and everything? Why couldn't they have had him forcing himself to be there because he has to figure something out that's super important, that's really hard to do, and he's been working on it this entire time because it's been so difficult. Well, that's that's what that I would kind take of that, too much effort and because yeah, then that's he, what I was saying uh, about the force powers and like the books and everything. I thought there might be something more to the reason why he's there, and and then there there just isn't, right? He's just depressed. So yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, gentlemen. I like I like how this entire thing of like him with coming out in front of the first order with the lightsaber, like his laser sword, like yeah, like what he said he wouldn't do to Ray ends up backtracking, like and doing that anyways at the end. And yeah, I don't mind uh, that part. I, that, 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 I like all poetic. That, but. All right, I gotta go. I'll see you. All right, man. I'll see you later. Catch you later, Reed. Good night. Yeah. I'll catch you later. See ya. They use that one alien so much in these three movies. They really should have just used like a Rodian or something instead. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is such a cool shot right here. Mm, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I really liked all this stuff with like force projection Luke. Like, like everything like fires on him, he's just like not touched at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the fact that he was like this this force projection ghost thing that we've just never seen before. Like a force ability that was totally new. It's funny that they just have everything fire on him at once. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> more! Man, that's like D- Disney and their money right there. Like more, more! <laughs> milk the franchise. Just watching the cash flow in. That's us fans right there. That's enough. <laughs> Make it stop. It's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you have enough? <laughs> you should do an edit where it's just like there's just this like giant blood stain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy just like yeah. spawns right in. Like, yep. Yeah, it's like, yep. Can't do, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many like random like witty moments in this film like that are like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, some of them are pretty good. I think some of them are pretty. Some of them are pulled off pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the, all the good ones are all with uh, with Kylo. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, usually. I was distracted because I, I I was looking at at Finn there and he looked like he was like a really low budget pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why he didn't try to even use the green lightsaber at the end on the force projection mode, you know? It is strange, you're right. Especially like because they, he, that's the one he's using, and it's like... And it's broken now. Yeah, I mean, like they did the, it for a, for a story element, so you could figure out that it's not real. But yeah. it makes less sense from Luke's perspective. Exactly, yeah. Because he didn't know that lightsaber existed Finn, until like a, like a day ago. Him. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> like Will Turner. <laughs> yeah. He's got these slacks on, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like until a day ago or whatever, like, Luke didn't even realize that that blue lightsaber, that the Skywalker saber was still, you know, around, right? Like, No, he it's didn't. It's been missing for, like, 30 years. Or... Well, more than 30 years. I yeah. Guess. He's, honestly, you would think the first thing that comes to his mind would be his own lightsaber that he's had that entire time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to me, the green lightsaber is associated with Jedi Luke Skywalker, right? Yeah, it's true. Whereas like the, like, the other times he uses it, he's not fully a Jedi yet. 
No, and it's not really his sabers, it's Dan's, right? It, exactly, it's Anakin's lightsaber. So it's like, to me, Luke Skywalker's identity is mastered by, you know, and, and even Vader makes a statement about his lightsabers. Like, I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Like, your hmm. skills are complete, right? Like, for him, it's yeah. a turning moment. For him, it's a symbol to say that Luke is a Jedi, right? And so, like, I, it's, it's still just like, I, like, it would have been cool to see that image brought into this movie and kind of used as a hook to say, like, yes, this is Jedi Luke Skywalker and he's back. Nope, I agree. That seems like actually a really good, you know, representation. It's, it's yeah. Luke as we originally expected him to be. Yeah. And the way that his original trilogy story, like, wrapped up. So it can feel more like a continuation. Because you're right, it almost makes it feel artistically like he's kind of stepped backwards. Yeah. So it's like he's no longer, his skills are no longer complete. He has to relearn. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I also just noticed that his shoes are the same ones that my grandfather wears. <laughs> <laughs> his retirement shoes. Nice. <laughs> no laces. <laughs> <laughs> that response. Yeah. <laughs> And it only lasts a year. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. It annoys me so much. much. All these Jedi Masters and stuff in the prequels couldn't do it. They never showed that much power. It's like Yoda barely was able to lift that massive pillar. Yeah, he struggled. Yeah, it's like that kind of took the air out of him. And he's also he also had to really concentrate to move the X-wing. Yeah, he did. Yeah, like there are something of a limit, even though the force is limitless. Like there's her skill level should be more the same as when Luke is training and trying to lift that one rock when he's training with Yoda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead, they kind of went full force unleashed. They did, yeah. Too, it was too much. I mean, they could have just made it one rock and she cuts through it with a lightsaber. Yeah. That music is great, by the way. I love this music. Mm. This track is one of the best in the soundtrack. This is super intense. Joel Williams did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I really dig all this stuff. Like, this is freaking awesome. Like, him just yeah. force was, floating and... I was super impressed with it, too. I thought it was yeah. super... It was cool. 
Again, that right there, like see around kid. I was convinced we would get something in the next movie. Yeah, like, you're right. That makes sense. Why else would he say that? Yeah, and and in Colin Trevorrow's script, that's what happened. Like there was a whole sequence where Luke was like haunting Ben Solo. That yeah, that would've been cool if he was like yeah, like actually like haunting his character. Yeah. See, I don't like this next part. Not a big fan of him dying, eh? Not here. You just felt like he hasn't done enough yet. Yeah, I feel like that too. Because arguably enough, even though Ben Kenobi, even though Obi-Wan died in episode four and everything, we see him pop up very frequently through the next two films, right? That's true. And with Luke here, even though he dies right here, it is very sad to see him go. But then my my upset part about his appearance in the next film is it felt like a little cameo. Whereas, like, in the original Colin Trevorrow script, he would have had so much more to do with, like, the plot and, like, training Ray and, and all that stuff, right? So, at least that would have made it make more sense, because that's exactly what Obi-Wan did for Luke. Yeah. I'm not upset that they handed that over to Leia at all, but um, it just kind yeah. of took away from his It's character. true, but they also... What I don't get is the next movie came out after after Carrie Fisher had already passed away. So yeah, then why would right. they yeah. still force her to be the character to train exactly. Ray when they could have just used Mark Hamill? Yeah, exactly. Like they could have they could have made it work so much easier if they just used Mark Hamill more. Yeah. Honestly, I think they should have done that. Bye! <laughs> Where was Reed off to again? I totally forget. I used to get up in the morning or something. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Hmm. Okay. And this is, this is what I was talking about in the last film. This is the first time that Paul oh, yeah. ever meets Ray. That's right. And it's already so, the, over it, the halfway point through the trilogy. That's so weird. Yeah, you're right. I don't like that at all. It's strange, right? Like, It's like the, the three people we've been following this entire time didn't meet. Yeah. Until there's only one movie left. <laughs> yeah, it's like Finn knows both of them really well. It's like besties with both of them. But like Poe and Ray don't know each other through a hole in the wall until now. Yeah, that was a massive oversight for the first movie. Yep.
there were so many theories online that this broomstick boy was gonna have oh, like right. something to do with like the next movie and yeah you know everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right and this never comes up again yeah I think it was just meant to show like like there's other there there's kids out there that have the force and you know there's potential for a new Jedi order because this broom kind of turns into a little bit of a shiny blade at the very end here like a lightsaber. Yeah. Um and he's got the ring and everything. I'm pretty sure that kid was supposed to be Ryan Johnston. <laughs> like, I can see that. I'm convinced, man. Like, at last, little Ryan, you did it. Yeah, it's like I want to put myself in the movie, like in a in the form of a kid, right. and you know, I had a moment like this in my garage when I held up a lightsaber, which is actually a broomstick, and I was like six years old. Yeah, yeah. Now exactly. all of you can share that moment with me. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to. Yeah, because I'm the director of this film, and it's a controversial film on purpose. <laughs> Kiri Hart, I just noticed her name there. She was let go, wasn't she? Uh Oh, yeah. There was uh, Kiri Hart. Yeah, there was something about that. Um, I remember there being a controversy. I think it was right after this movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think Kiri Hart was actually, uh, I think she was like some sort of VP or something. Yeah, Kiri Hart, uh, former vice president of development for Lucasfilm and the lead uh, and development lead for a Lucasfilm story group. Yeah, the story um, so, group something rather. Yeah, so she currently holds the role of consultant and that is about it. So she's, um, uh I, I forget exactly when it was that she left, but I'm pretty sure it was after this movie came out and and before episode nine came out. Uh, it might but, have even been before Solo came out. I'm, if I remember correctly, it happens right after this movie during like the flame wars when everyone was so angry and Ryan Johnson was trying to defend everything. I think she yeah. she was involved with some controversy to do with defending the movie. Yeah, like, so like deleting posts or like yelling at people on Twitter or something. Right. Yeah, I, I there was uh, her her work includes Star Wars Rebels, Rogue One, the Lego Freemaker Adventures, The Last <laughs> Jedi, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and Star Wars Resistance. That was the last thing that she that she okay. worked on. So yeah, I don't really know what went down. There was there was a lot of kind of whispers as to like that she got fired or whatever. But um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just her failed success to like, you know, do anything like <laughs> like yeah. worthy, worthy of bringing in money, I guess. Or yeah, know. who knows? But a lot, of, a lot of the projects she's, she was associated with were not well received, I guess. Rogue One was good, but she's she's part of the an issue in Lucasfilm right now that, I, or was part of an issue in Lucasfilm right now that I think is kind of like a focal point. Right. Of why a lot of the movies I think have been pretty lackluster, and that's because I think the story group isn't doing that great of a job. 
Yeah, that's that's a, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're they're I've I've always kind of held Story Group responsible for a lot of the uh, I don't know a lot of the stuff that ends up kind of not making too much sense. Mind you, they do yeah. they do a good job at at making some things make sense, but then. I think most of the reason why story group is there is not necessarily to drive the story, but yeah. to help the the directors and the the actual people making the stories. Uh, they're there as a resource, right? And I think that's like the biggest. That's a big of, part of it. That's and a big part of the problem. Yeah, because they're this, also there so that the directors can want to do stuff. They can try to fix it in universe for them so it'll they can have what they want and it's more reasonable like for example earlier we brought up the the old classic tie fighter right so they it would have just been a tie fighter but um pablo knew that you couldn't do that so he made up some brand new custom tie fighter just to do that right so that'd be like a story group thing but yeah. i don't think that's how it should be done i think Honestly, story group for Star Wars as this grand galaxy and has like these massive stories, mm -hmm. they need more connecting, like actual story and be I more integrated. They, yeah. And story group should do what its name says and actually be the, the group that's driving the, the story. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, like. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I thought they would be when they that's announced. What it sounds like when they the, announced the that they would be a thing, right? Like when they announced uh, when they first announced Story Group is going to be this like over art, like this this branch of Lucasfilm that's going to be like supervising, like and keeping the story consistent and all that stuff. I was like, I'm on, I'm so on board with this because yeah. because like that to me was like exactly what needed to happen in George yeah, Lucas's exactly absence it. because right? that's what George did he was that part and he I'm not saying guy, yeah. I'm not saying that story group should be writing the scripts I'm saying they should be writing the general outline of what's going to happen yeah yeah exactly and then and then keeping directors on track with like the minor things that they choose that isn't yep, consistent exactly correcting those decisions right like <laughs> Marvel has a really yeah, exactly what I was going to bring up was Marvel. Strong, yeah, and they have a very strong grip over their directors, and a lot of the time it's caused problems for these directors because they wanted to do something, they haven't been able to do it because Marvel's been been like, no, this doesn't work for us. So uh, they've ended up getting canned or they've swapped directors, whatever. It's happened yeah. many times over the whole MCU. But that whole MCU has been very successful. And That's the thing, right? You kind of need to be like that. I know Kathleen Kennedy was like, oh, we there. want directors to be able to show off their skill and you know make stories in our universe. But the problem is the exact thing that doesn't happen in Marvel unless you end up with all these really disjointed things and you start to break the, the universe canon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You start to break the consistency of, of like some of these things that have been in place for a very long time. And, and it's because these directors come in with their limited knowledge of the saga and, you know, half of them having not even seen things like the Clone Wars or no. or, or, or the prequels or, you know, like I would uh, say probably all of them haven't seen all the Clone Wars. I would be surprised. Oh, yeah, there was I, I would be surprised. Ryan Johnson actually watched some of the Clone Wars arcs that Dave Filoni recommended to him. And I think okay. he, he revealed this on an interview, which is kind of what pointed towards some of the visual aesthetic to uh, Acto and like the uh, or Act Two or whatever it's called, and and the yeah. uh, like the whole yeah. balance of things and everything. Yeah, so like all that stuff was like inspired, and I think like in the in the 
in the legacy of like what George left behind, that was done in 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 good uh, in good recommendation. You know, like uh, with Ryan Johnson taking some of these elements mm-hmm. from George's material. But uh, but when it comes down to like JJ's stuff, like there is. You know, and then even a lot of the things in Last Jedi that Ryan did, which was very different than than what things have happened before, it just doesn't make any sense. And and it's like that should be something that story group should have stepped in, had the authority to change it. Yeah, and, and, it's true. and that's where the problem is that they don't have the authority to change stuff like that. Yeah, I think they I agree. Just, I think that's exactly can, it. They yeah, can they can point it out, but then yeah. the the producers and the director get to be like, meh, it doesn't matter. We're just gonna do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The director makes the 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 call, and then at Kathleen Kennedy, her job is to make the final decision, and she is a bit of a yes woman. So you know, like, no offense to her in any way whatsoever, but it it just appears that way, right? And and. And so anything that Ryan Johnson did in Last Jedi, she was just like, yep, 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 yep. And then and then it yeah. ended up being the way it is, right? So um, like it's it's from a from a creative standpoint, it, it just had no room to be successful in in the eyes of being a saga, right? Well, actually, there was something uh, similar that like that happened in Star Wars in this this trilogy that is really similar to what you're saying, but is actually kind of flipped on its head is uh, Kathleen Kennedy loved Ryan Johnson because mm-hmm. he was a yes man to everything that she wanted. That too. Yeah. They, and like, they J.J. Abrams didn't really do virtually anything that Kathleen Kennedy wanted. And then Kathleen Kennedy didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> so she was very, I don't think she was happy when they, when, Disney decided to get J.J. Abrams back to do the final movie. Was it was it her decision or was it was it higher? Was it like Bob? I Iger's think it story? was. I think it was Bob Iger. Hmm. Because I mean, everything went, went kind of crazy, right? And it was right after all the backlash from this movie. So I think Bob Iger and Disney stepped in and they made that call. That's so my, my understanding. But so it's, so it's possible that, uh, that I, don't, I, her, I could be wrong. Because she's been on record saying like, and there's no better person to wrap up this trilogy than the guy who started it. And, well, and like, that's she's probably, so she's probably like lying through her teeth or something like that. If that's true, that she that yeah, she I mean, with that. she's not going to say yeah. I didn't want him. This movie's not going to be good. I mean, it's it's important to remember that Colin Trevorrow was supposed to be the guy from from yeah. twenty from twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen or whatever they announced all the directors, uh, or no, sorry, twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Um, he was supposed to be the guy that that finished up this trilogy, right? So uh, when when he was doing Jurassic World: Fallen Order, he was still in the writing process of this film, and they went back and forth and back and forth like so many times. Yeah, well, he and, dropped out because of what Ryan Johnson was doing. Because he, well, we just finished the movie. There's some pretty drastic changes. I mean, Snoke is killed, Luke is killed. Like the Resistance is virtually gone. There's not a lot of like tools left in a toolbox to make the next movie and when Trevero signed on I assume it would have been under the understanding that he would be able to use some of the original characters well it's like it, still said Luke's gone like it's it's either that or or he uh came to because because I mean from what I understand is that he reached the point where his script was an authentic sequel to The Last Jedi in the sense that it carried a lot of those story elements forward with, with okay. good faith right but then the problem, I think, what happened was that he couldn't get that script approved uh, by either Kathleen Kennedy or by Disney. It's one of the two. Because, because, because his scripts made it all the way to the point where they actually have 
like a full script, a full outline, all uh, even a concept Please. artwork. Yeah. Like concept artwork only happens when the script is like internally approved sort of thing. Right. So like th they have like all these things and it's all in the Rise of Skywalker artwork book. And, and some okay, of these like, cool. yeah, it's similar to the similar to The Force Awakens where like the script was done uh, from George's outline. And it was finished and it was ready to go. And then they decided to change the plan. But at that point, this, because the script was finished, they have all these concept artworks that were going to be used. Yeah. And it was based on that script and then it ended up not getting used. And those are in the Force Awakens art, art book. That's cool. So, yeah. So between Colin Trevorrow's episode nine and George Lucas's episode seven, there's two versions of the films that I probably would have rather have seen than what we got. <laughs> And, and yeah, one of them being George Lucas's version, and then the other one being, okay, we're on this route anyways. Ryan Johnson, episode eight, we got what we got. This guy's doing episode nine. How's it gonna end? Psych. Some other guy has to come in. Oh, look, it's JJ. You know, yeah. quickly patch, patch, patch. You know, make it all make sense with sticking Palpatine so, in there. I think Never you used mentioned to be the plan. in the Force Awakens uh, video we did that yeah. there's, there's a leaked version of that of the Trevorrow script online, and he confirmed it. Is that right? It, there is. Yeah. I need to look that up. Could you? Yeah. Do you remember the rough layout? I'm kind of curious. Uh, Maybe yeah, we can so, save it for the next one. We're actually watching that movie, but we, we we can. Yeah, we'll go over it again. I I um there. If you look up Colin Trevorrow confirms Star Wars Duel of Fates concept art, but says uh, one image is misleading. Uh, there's a tweet from him. Uh, there's a there's a tweet from him that specifically says, and I quote: "Yes, this is from Duel of Fates." But I'd never kill R2. He just took a bad hit. It happens to all of us. So, so like, there's actually there there's been confirmation that a lot of these artworks that were leaked online with the script outline, um, that uh, Colin Trevorrow came out and actually confirmed it. He's like, yeah, that's th those concept artworks are based on my script for Episode Nine, which would have been called Duel of the Fates, which is a callback to the very famous prequel song from Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a good name, though. Like, honestly, that's a good. It title. is. It's awesome. I, I love it because uh, it, it's a huge callback to those to those early films. And and unlike JJ, Colin Trevorrow really loves the prequels. So that's surprising. Yeah. So like he there's even a, a, a story point uh, where the final duel between uh, Ben Solo and Ray in that concept artwork would have happened on Mortis. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's I a wonder, lot of stuff in that movie that I, I wonder if that prefer. means that he actually bothered to watch the Clone Wars. I I honestly think that he has seen some arcs here and there. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if he's like fully seen the show front to back. But um, but I think I think it's very likely that uh, that he collaborated with the right people working at Lucasfilm being people like Dave Filoni and, you know, people that actually know Star Wars and, uh, and, and actually did something with that material, which, you know, we've, we've seen from things like Mandalorian and, uh, and Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, all the TV shows that actually take decent risks. It works like all those little like fan fan elements that they put in that kind of, that clearly, uh, reference like this book or this comic or, or like, this built up material through expanded universe or whatever, um, you know, as fans, like we love that stuff and none of the sequel films have, have ever done a thing to even fan service in any way whatsoever, but they've tried to make it nostalgic. 
Yeah, and, that's and true. Yeah, it's it's fan servicing's off the table, but we want to try and remake the original trilogy in a nostalgic way that they love this new stuff the way that they love this old stuff, right? So it's a very misleading way of looking at these movies because in some ways they can be looked at as one and the same. But in the way I look at it is like there is a difference between fan servicing based on the legacy material that we've had and making these movies uh, as like a completely separate thing on purpose uh, with the spirit of the old films, right? Like that's that's not fan servicing. That's just trying to make money uh, based on a previous success. Yeah, no, that's true. Which is why sequels used to suck so bad in like the 80s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... Because they tried to... They just tried to redo the same thing again and get more money. Yeah, like, I mean, how many times have we seen a sequel where, like, the plot is basically the same with with slightly different elements to it, right? Like, it's so common. Honestly, at this point in Star Wars, it's pretty much every movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all just the same thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like, we'll get into that Colin Trevorrow stuff, I think, when we... When we uh, I guess finish Watch up Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and and because it's Rise of Skywalker, it'll be our last commentary track, and so we'll make it a little bit of an extra long one. We'll maybe stick around and chat about that Colin Trevorrow difference with the script, because hmm. because like it is worth chatting about again. Uh, yeah, I think know. so too. Could be honestly, if this if the script is actually out there, it's worth taking a look at and just seeing what the original plan was before you know. The whole Controversy, JJ. I think it's a it's a solid. I think it's not even it's not even like a. Uh, I don't think it's like a, a word for word script, but it's like an outline that's been confirmed to be based on the real script, and all the plot points are there. Like there's everything, top to bottom is is like, hundred percent based on what we would have seen, um, and then a lot of that outline is actually confirmed later on by when these artworks started popping up on the internet as leaked material and uh and and then Colin Trevorrow coming out himself and saying like yeah this is this is Duel of Fates right here so um it's pretty crazy stuff like I think I don't think there's ever I wish we had more stuff based on George's version of episode seven like that's what I really want to know and and like all the bits and pieces that we've had over the years gets me the rough idea but it doesn't give me enough. I would have loved to have known kind of the direction as to where the following two films would have been based on top of that idea behind, you know, these two you kids know, that are on a mission with Luke and hmm. uh, they would have gone to this place and that place. And there's this Jedi hunter person out there and, you know, stuff like that. I think the issue is because the trilogy that Disney went with was so poorly received Disney probably won't ever release those scripts. No, they won't. Because, yeah. like, even in, like, a book form to cash in, because they don't want people to become bitter about what they, they could have had instead and hate it more. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's it's a, it's a tough... It's a tough thing, a tough conversation to have, because, of course, we all love George Lucas's Star Wars, and, um, I mean... You know, it kind of breaks my heart to know that we just fell short of getting his version of those films, right? But uh, I don't know. I mean, there's people out there that do love The Force Awakens with a passion, like to the point of uh, it being their favorite Star Wars movie. So, I mean, 
you know, they're definitely going to disagree with me on that. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't mind that one, to be honest. This, the one we just watched tonight, Last Jedi, to me, is the one I think I have the most issues with. And it's not even like necessarily the concepts that happened in the story. It's just so much of it just to me felt like fluff. Right. I just feel like I'm, yeah. it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah, no, I, uh, I can, yeah, a lot, like half the plot line, waste of time. Um, a lot of the characters, waste of time. Uh, some of the moments, waste of time. But then there's so many moments as well, which, you know, here's the thing about this movie. As soon as there's a moment that's like, oh, that's cool. There's a moment after it that just kills it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Throughout, throughout the whole thing. And it's like, uh, like, you know. And this movie... See, the last one actually was, like, The Force Awakens didn't really do this. And the next one, I can't remember if it does or not, but I do found – I had found that this movie, The Last Jedi, had a lot of weird political stuff planted into it, like the whole PETA thing, like, got to save the horses and and then the, just the – dealing with, like, the, 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 the communist wealthy people on that planet. Yeah. And there's just – and as Reed was mentioning before as well, they're like forcing in these these characters that are in leading roles just because they're women, even though they're not really. Mm-hmm. It's not a really good fit to the story. Like we went over the fact that yeah, they're, Aldo they're like would have made more sense if she didn't exist, and that was yeah. just Admiral Akbar. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. It, it just felt like they just picked some random person and put her in there for just to be there and like check a box. Well, and the fact that she wasn't around in the first movie. That too. I don't know. It's it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm all for strong female-led characters. But when it comes down to a female-led character that's supposed to be a strong story element and then they end up just being a bully... Like I'm like, uh, like it's just it just kind of gets lost, right? Like the it gets lost in translation. So like I I can see that they were trying to make Admiral Haldo this like super important like, you know like uh, leader, but but she just there was no reason for her to keep the plan from everybody. Like like I could I could understand it. I could understand it if they had a mole on board the ships. Like oh they're tracking us because somebody in the resistance has given them like the 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 this some sort of serial number on our and yeah. on our hyperdrive that they're able to track us something like that right so, like, yeah, something along those lines anything anything and and or even those devices that they used uh that that leia has one and ray has one so that ray can find her way back to the resistance when they you know it's like a hyperdrive tracker thing like that in itself it's like, oh, what it if somebody in the that. resistance? Yeah, what what if someone in the resistance has one of those, and someone in the first order has one of those? Or they're and, able to crack what it was? Like, yeah, and it's like they it. they got to yeah, and then instead the whole plot with Finn and Rose could have been pinned on trying to find somebody in the resistance on that ship and doing their own investigation as to who it is, right? Like, like that could have been that could have been a relevant story too. It's like I don't know why they they went the way they did with this whole turnaround with the casino and yeah, like, I know. Like, just all this the, stuff like if they had got the original guy i at least could have went with it but changing to a different person halfway through and then still having a waste of time it just it makes the whole thing just feel like pointless fluff they added yeah and i don't mean to keep yeah. going back to the holdo part 
But the thing that really bothers me, it's not even, even that she exists and she's a character. It's really that they had to force in this character when they had something that was just as fitting, which is Akbar, and they just threw it away and they just killed him off in the background like he doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, to me, I'm okay having both, but it's just these writers, just they have no, like, like passion or heart to anything that came before. Yeah. They're just no, like, exactly. they're just trying to modernize a bunch of agenda stuff. Yeah. And it just ruins the movie. Honestly, it just ruins the movie. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it really does. And and it, it's not done with the spirit of, of doing the best as, as far as telling this cohesive narrative, which is what George did when he did his movies, right? Like he has this story in his head and each chapter was a key moment in that overarching story and in the sequels it's each individual director wants to make a star wars movie of their yeah. own with no goal as to like purposely do anything to service the other movies in that trilogy so like all these films are very disjointed very disconnected none of them have have ever worked with each other in any way whatsoever because yeah, Force Awakens true. started going this way. Last Jedi took a turn to the left and went that way. And then Rise of Skywalker brought back the guy who did the first movie and tried to correct everything by <laughs> connecting it all to the first movie that he did plus the previous six films. And, and I mean, part, not of, to part mention, of that is they were trying to write all three movies at the exact same time because yeah. they wanted to get them out every two years. Right. And, Usually it's like about three year oh, yeah, turnaround yeah. from create like from starting the scripts to delivery. And that's the yeah. other failure I think that they did is like they went in with the the financial mentality of the Marvel formula where it's like, oh yeah, we can do one per year easy, right? No problem. Uh, but then the Marvel formula also contains a very important element and is the fact that you have a guy like Kevin Feige who literally keeps this whole thing a machine that that actually works as far as consistency goes whereas like the Star Wars machine doesn't work because Kathleen Kennedy's not that person no, like she not. she's a she must be a great producer to be where she is but she's not in the position to make shots when it called like uh, as far as story elements go no right? she's like, not a story person and that's why she no. wanted these directors to have total creative control exactly she knew exactly. that she didn't have that skill set. and and that's also why i think it was probably her call to make this story group and it's a brilliant decision but it should also have been her decision to purposely make them uh more in charge of stuff like they, she, she should have given them more power when it comes to some of these decisions that have been made and honestly the other thing that right along with this that to me, just shows that they're really not willing to use the tools that they have, is Dave Filoni should have top leadership control of the story group. It should Honestly, it should be, it should be a pyramid system where yeah. Dave Filoni is at the top head honcho overlooking everything because he's the guy at Lucasfilm that knows Star Wars for what Star Wars is. Yeah, absolutely, the, yeah. There's no greater person, and he's, he's hired. They don't have to pay him anything extra. He's there. Yeah, he's there. He's, should, he's the best resource there is. Honestly, it should be him at the top overlooking the story group that then goes down to the directors. That's what yeah. it should be. 
But instead, mm-hmm. they give it all to the directors, and we end up with this weird, disjointed mess. Yes, yeah. And, and I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's got to fit in there somehow as well. So it should be like Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, story group, directors, producers, and then everybody else, right? Like, yeah, um, like it should be, yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, I would love to say that Dave Filoni sits on the throne and, and we don't hear any more about Miss Kennedy ever again. But quite frankly, it's like she is in the position she is. And it's well, there like, should be two positions. Like she, she doesn't do story. And that's yeah, she should handle. She should done. handle all the business stuff, right? Like she exactly. should handle all the stuff that she's good at. Which and, is what she's been handling. She hasn't been doing the stories at all. Any any scripts. She right. just looks. She coordinates between everyone and looks after the directors who have full control. So yeah. So even in her position as CEO, she's still been playing producer this entire time. And and it's like I I think like. It's like that's great. That's what that's what that's what she knows. But again, like she's not in the position to make any story decisions at all, right? And and that's exactly where you're going with this too. Like, um, you know, Dave Filoni should be the guy at the top making all those story decisions, and you know, she should be the one that takes care of all the business stuff. And then you have everyone else below, including story group and everything. Honestly, I think that's that's the one thing that's missing. Is they're missing that the position of connecting all the stories together they need someone yeah. in that spot and maybe they weren't willing to trust dave because he'd only done animated at the time but now that he's done mandalorian there's absolutely no reason to not give him the spot and I'm yeah, exactly that this was a dry run to put him in that position yeah because i hope so too. i can't see lucasfilm being so blind to overlook that guy for something of a, a position of that caliber. Oh man, I, I I don't I don't know, I don't know like what Lucasfilm would do without him. Quite honestly, frankly. Like, if he wasn't there, I think the entire franchise would fall apart. I really do. And and here's the thing about Dave Filoni, right? Like like we all know him to be just the you know not only the director of uh, and producer of like Clone Wars and Rebels and all that, but I mean like it's very important for a lot of people who don't know Dave very well to understand that this is the guy that George Lucas invested himself into. Like he is the guy that George not only just hired to direct the Clone Wars um, while George called all the story shots, but George took time, a lot of the time at the story table to make Dave understand, like help Dave understand his Star Wars. Like, Dave was you know. George's Padawan. Yeah, and and I think that was the whole mentality of that position that he gave Dave in the beginning. When he didn't just hire him to be the director, he hired him to be his protege. And uh, and I think he knew that going forward, he would need somebody like that. And uh, and you know this all works into uh, these new films as well. Like I think I think maybe he thought. Uh, even though Clone Wars was still supposed to go on for an- another couple of years with um, with another uh, uh, three seasons ahead of season five, which is when they canceled it. But um, I mean, I think Dave was like at that time, he was like killing it with Clone Wars. And, and uh, I think at that point, it was proof and evidence that he had so much more to offer than just to be the guy in charge of this one animated show. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we've hit the three-hour mark, so let's um, we should call it a night. But I mean, uh, you know, we'll get into episode nine next week. Uh, I guess as of this current recording, we have we have the after show for Mandalorian 
season two episode one tomorrow oh uh, uh, yeah so that'll be interesting uh i think it's been floating around on the twitter sphere that uh, monday onwards is uh spoiler free uh social media posts so when it comes to mandalorian stuff i mean i guess you know fans are being courteous and giving other fans the the chance to watch it over the weekend so as far as monday rolls around you know that's that's kind of when uh time to it's, do it. it's yeah it's free to talk about and uh you know i've seen i've seen other shows pop up their their after show literally the day that the episode comes out which is fine but um but i mean you know it's I think it's reasonable enough to like we can all kind of watch it in our own time. We'll do a group watch together, uh, kind of the day that we do the episode, and then uh, and then we can we can chat about it. And then that even just gives you like, you know, two multiple viewings to kind of digest what's going on. It gives yeah, us that's fine. I, mean, I still haven't seen it yet, so. Oh, you haven't? Oh, okay, all right. No, I was way too busy all weekend. Just... Right. Yeah. No, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. I think Tonight would have been my first chance to watch it, but we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, there was, uh, I did watch it once. Uh, there was, there was a lot that I loved about yeah, it. Yeah. I saw some of your tweets between you and Mandalore, Ian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ian. Uh, yeah. For all those of you guys listening, uh, Ian is a, as a special guest we've had on a couple times on the show and he's, he's a good guy, but um anyway let's let's wrap it up shall we so uh uh thanks for uh coming on there blake uh yeah I guess no problem happy to be here you. always a fun time Look oh forward man to some more always and uh i guess we'll we'll catch you on the next one yeah and honestly if there's anything we can say after tonight the worst is over <laughs> well we still got rise of skywalker to get through but uh <laughs> we'll see about that All right, everybody, thank you again for tuning in to our commentary track for uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I hope you enjoyed a bit of the after show that happened there. But, uh, you know, we're looking forward to just wrapping up these commentary tracks. I mean, these sequels are definitely, as you can tell, not our favorites. And uh, by no means do we discredit anyone who does like these films, because uh, that is totally up to you. Uh, you know, you might love this, love these films and hate us for hating on them a little bit, but, uh, you know, that's okay. Uh, we're all fans that, that love Star Wars so much that we're willing to also criticize it, uh, because we love it so much and, and we feel so attached to, uh, certain storylines and certain narratives and, uh, you know, and, and everyone's got their own thing about it. Um, but, uh, we got Mandalorian season two right around the corner. Uh, in fact... When this episode drops, uh, the first Mandalorian episode will have come out, and I believe our after show for that first episode will also have dropped. Uh, so we're looking forward to wrapping up these commentary tracks and publishing them out and uh, just moving on with Mandalorian. But uh, if you guys have anything else that you guys that you want the Star Wars Escape Pod to chat about, uh, whether it's a book or a comic series or whatever, uh, just let us know. Send us some feedback about this thing. Uh, you know, let us know your thoughts on The Last Jedi. Uh, did you hate this commentary track? Did you love this commentary track? Uh, what are your feelings on the movies? You know, um, send an email to theescapepodoutlook.com and our Twitter is at SWEscapePodcast. We'd love to get in touch. Uh, feel free to drop us a voicemail and everything else is in the description below. So we'll see you guys next time and may the force be with you. I would be worried if everybody across the board was like, yeah, that was a good movie. It's much more exciting to me when you get, you know, um, a group of people who are, like, coming up to you and, and 
really, really excited about it. And then there are other people who walk out just, I mean, literally saying it was the worst movie I've ever seen. Having those two extremes to me is, you know, is the mark of uh, the type of movie that I want to make. So. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Second thought, let's pass on that, huh?